In a world overrun with an infinite amount of multiverses, originating from a plethora of sources, four longtime friends band together to try to make sense of it all and present it to an audience in an easy-to-digest podcast. This is Geeking Off the Page. Episode 23. Hey everybody, it's me, Trevor. You have time right now to hit stop and go on with your life, and you'll be scot-free. Hi, I'm Gavin, and C is for cookie. My name is Troy, and it's not my fault. Actually, I think it might be your fault. <laughs> and I'm Mike Kitchen, and he who was first is now last. And welcome to Geeking Off the Page, a podcast where a bunch of old friends, and I do mean old, talk about a bunch of nerdy stuff that our wives don't want to talk about. So like comics and movies and all sorts of things. And also like why George Clooney is the best Batman. Um, oh, wait, we're not doing that this week, are we? No, not Back yet. Back to you, Troy. <laughs> all right. So like Mike said, uh, here's our podcast. Welcome to it. And every single week we uh, do the same uh, sort of thing. And we're going to be talking about our coming attractions. And Gavin's gone. Exactly. We've already lost Gavin. All right. So uh, basically... We just talk about the previous week's uh, trailer uh, trailer releases, and we take them one by one, whatever strikes our fancy. So the first one we're going to talk about is uh, Finch, which is a uh, Apple TV um, release, and it's going to be released on November fifth. Now here is another post-apocalyptic uh, tale about uh, barren wasteland. Uh, apparently some solar flare has wiped out a good portion of all uh, of the technology of the modern day and uh, this one we have as our lead character is Tom Hanks and uh, it actually it, it's kind of neat Tom Hanks builds a robot and with a dog Wilson got an upgrade yeah Wilson got an upgrade <laughs> it is basically it looks like it's going to it's be, cast away it's cast away in the future it's the island's earth and and instead of wilson being volleyball he's, he's a robot yep. now so wilson got an upgrade Good yeah you're right you, you're right gavin chappy exactly it's chappy <laughs> yeah yeah it looks kind of cool i mean apple tv well okay a lot of these subscribe watching distribution pay more for this than you have been cable before services are doing amazing jobs with some of their stuff too bad they don't pay people the right amount. Okay, yep, we'll, we'll all agree with that. That is that is a good point. Hey, they don't pay us enough either. No, they don't but pay us enough either. Like you're right, you're right. Um, but uh, this is uh, this this is a theatrically looking movie. Now, there's a good chance that it actually was supposed to be theatrical, and then Apple just decided to buy it and put it on there which is what Amazon does, which is what Netflix does. They just buy a bunch of stuff. And do we know just... for sure if that happened or not? I, I'm just, I do not know. It might be something that was made for Apple TV, but... Trevor, pull up the info. There you go. Oh, boy. Right. <laughs> so... Um, Analysis, Trevor? So basically, it's what it is. It's, it's um, a solar flare has uh, basically done damage to the Earth. The Earth is... Uh, seems to be a barren wasteland i'm not 100 sure where tom hanks is located in this particular world but he is by himself he has a dog that he takes care of and apparently his mission is to get to somewhere which actually is 
right this very second escaping me where his goal is, but to get to this goal, he has a Winnebago and builds a robot to help him with his goal. And uh, again, it's it's he builds Wilson and we have a finger up from Mr. Brown right. and he so, says um, this was purchased by Amblin Entertainment Spielberg. Uh, Universal Pictures was set to distribute it, um, but by December of 2017, it was on the year's blacklist of films probably not to be, to be made. It did get made. Um, it was scheduled for release by Universal October of 2020. However, COVID kind of shut that down. Right. Um, Apple swooped in and bought it. Um, so Universal retains home entertainment and linear television rights, but Apple gets to show it first. Oh, okay. Okay. So, all right. So no theatrical release for something that was originally geared for theatrics, but you know, 2020, everyone knows what happened then. And if you're in the future, do your research. All right. So what do you guys think? It, it, it looks like fun. I don't myself have Apple TV, but um, if I get a chance to watch it, I definitely will watch this because I like Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks, no matter what Tom Hanks is in, Tom Hanks is always good in whatever Tom Hanks is doing because Tom Hanks is the best Tom Hanks that any of us can have. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'd... Yeah, I mean, exactly. Tom Hanks is—he's one of the only actors who can get a get a an I'm Oscar coming. just by acting a, uh, against a volleyball. So, I mean, he's he can sell this, and he's he's already selling it for me. This one's made me kind of—I'm—I'm I'm right now at the tipping point because there's a lot of stuff on Apple TV um, that I'm kind of interested in watching, and this one might be the the final thing that kind of gives me that fine little tip to go over and subscribe. Um, and my collection of subscribe channels will be complete. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Gotta catch them all. They're like Pokemon. Gotta catch oh, them man. all. Gotta subscribe um, to them all. But yeah, it's just, I mean, I'm, I look at the list of, of shows that are currently on Apple TV and the ones that are coming up, it's like, you know, there's a lot of really good things that I'd like to see. And, and unfortunately, Apple's kind of monopolizing shit when they have more money than god i guess that's the way it goes yeah. um so yeah between them and amazon they pretty much own it all um or at least have the money to do it so i i like the trailer the trailer as i said got me kind of intrigued but yeah immediately it was like this kind of like castaway and hey wilson got an upgrade so i i mean if i had the opportunity to watch it i definitely would yeah for me i like the visuals i like that kind of a movie uh, i'm not going to rush out to subscribe to anything if people say it's amazing, I'll make sure I go out of my way to watch it. But see if one of your kids already has a subscription to the program. I don't think they have. Apple. <laughs> okay. Um, I, I, my, I would, kids, honestly, they might know a guy, you know, <laughs> I know a guy. you got a family as big as mine. You got a guy. Well, that is also the nice thing about these services now is that they are open to the people sharing the the platform right. it lets a certain amount of logons uh, exactly if you're yeah, within is, that then yeah. you have access yeah. which i think is just best for everyone including the companies that are running it because yep. at the beginning when netflix only allowed one person to watch netflix at, at a time. time it's like oh what the hell is this why are you because they were the only game in town at the time though also but now that yeah. there's so many options, everyone and their yeah. brother streams something yeah, yeah, exactly. In the case of a family like mine, where you have seven people in the house and everybody has a device, it's like you definitely need multiple logins in order to have everybody watching their own shows. That's so, true. That is, yeah. 
All right. So the next one we're going to move on to is uh, me personally, one of my favorites out of this whole entire list, and that is Disney Plus's Muppets Haunted Mansion, which is coming out on October 8th, which, of course, is going to be on uh, Disney Plus to begin with. But uh, just a second there, guys. I'm just going to shut something down. I'm just going to pause this for a second. Mm -hmm. So um, it's going to be, uh, again, released on October 8th. And this is basically Gonzo and Pepe are uh, tasked with spending the night in the Haunted Mansion. Um, now, this is the Haunted Mansion that currently is located in California, as we can tell by the exteriors and all that. And mm -hmm. like any um, Muppet property, all the Muppets take the personas of the different uh ghosts in the actual uh haunted mansion plus we have several actors actually showing up in various roles as well and just from this trailer alone looks I'm gonna watch so it. fun oh for sure i'm gonna watch it i mean it's my brother's birthday that day but i don't care it's the muppets and there's i had belt exams that day i don't care i'm gonna watch <laughs> <laughs> i don't care i'm gonna watch this yeah, no, it looks, I mean, I'm always, I'm always been a huge fan of uh, the, the the Muppets uh, for everything they've done. Uh, I've been raised watching Sesame Street in the 70s, loved the Muppet show. Uh, Jim Henson has always been there in my life in some form or another. And it this is just one in a long line of Mind you, there has been stuff in the back that hasn't in the past that hasn't been, you know, what up to. I was up just to about snuff. to say, no, like, no, I, I, I will Muppets, admit, but I, when it's not done well, it's pretty horrible. It's kind of hard to swallow. It but is kind of hard to this swallow. This will be a really good one. The, well, this looks like it doesn't look like it's going to be any more than what you're seeing. It, it looks like you're going to get an hour and a half long movie and it's going to be comedy ensues and all that. Um, yes. I'm going to say some, now it's going to be better than the Eddie Murphy Haunted Mansion. <laughs> I'm I was pretty just sure be if this was that. essentially the same movie, just retold as Muppets. I'm fine with that. Yeah, I really am. Yeah. Just retell it better. I would right. watch Star Wars retold with Muppets. Start to yeah. finish. Speaking of which, okay, I have to say this now because you made the segue. I just got the kids into the Muppets again. We watched the first episode. It became a phenomenon. <laughs> oh, you're so talking the, whole, the original, the original, original series. Okay, show, excellent, yeah. excellent. All right. So now this is the thing that happens in the family. Somebody will go manamana, and everyone starts singing. So that's fun. Second oh, one we showed when was you Mark have an entire chorus to back you up. I know it's great. The whole house goes into harmonizing. But then the second one was Mark Hamill. So that you know, like so they got to see Star Wars Muppets right there. So I agree nice. with you, Trevor. If they did do that with Muppets, because they sort of did already. But if they did it, yeah, I would watch. That. I'm talking if they did the prequels, the originals, and even the sequels, everyone is Muppets. I would watch the hell out of that. Except yeah. Yoda would have to be played played by a human being because he's already. Yeah, yeah Yoda, Yoda's <laughs> the only one played by. They'll get Frank Oz. He'll just be the human he's character. Just, they stick some ears on him. They paint him green. He's like, <laughs> that would be amazing. I'm dead. Do or do not. There is no trap. That's fantastic to hear, Mike. I'm glad that there's another generation enjoying the Muppets that way. And the fact that you went back to the original TV series, which is kind of neat. That's great. Yeah. Now, have you only seen just the two or you? Is it just? A... We've watched a few of them. But okay, again, excellent. As we know from the last 20 podcasts, we're on a Naruto marathon. And right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. All the time. Yeah. <laughs> Naruto oh, but... must flow. 
Okay. So as, as we've all established, yes, we are all excited to be seeing this new Muppet feature of the Haunted Mansion. Also, because it's the Haunted Mansion as well. For me personally, one of my my favorite attraction at any of the Disneylands um, is the Haunted Mansion. And that's the one that I also do collecting of merchandise as well and all that, or at least attempt to. But yeah, that's always a fun thing too. All right, so moving on to the next one that we have is uh, Netflix. Um, well, we still don't have yet a date, but we're thinking either late 2001 or be early 2021 uh, mm, or early 22, 2022. Let's do the whole number there. And that's The Sandman. So we have this tiny little preview, which is basically like not even like a trailer, but it's like a summary of the opening of the story which again it's another series but this is an actual netflix from the get-go this is they purchased mm -hmm. they developed they worked on and all that so this is an in uh and in the netflix they didn't buy it from someone else they purchased it and basically started working on it itself uh neil gaiman's involved with it and all that and this just from this tiny little clip i think it's only like the longest like 90 seconds long or something yeah, like that i think something. it's barely over a minute yeah barely over a minute and it just looks like what you would hope the sandman would look like it looks like something that came like it's an animated comic book mm -hmm. knowing i mean again going back a couple of episodes and all that we all are pretty familiar with the neil gaiman comic book from vertigo we know the look we know the feel and all that and this sequence just captures it and when that whole entire magical swirl in this thing opens up and it just you this is going to be if this is just a taste i can't wait to feast on this thing because this looks so cool again i'm gonna watch the hell out of it <laughs> now that's the other thing too it's netflix so are we gonna see all the episodes all in one day probably they'll, or they'll, they'll bash it all at once yeah, you think so? Yeah. Yeah. Well, Netflix. Yeah, it's what they do. Yeah, it is what Netflix does. Yeah. So, I mean, to keep from spoilers, you're going to have to sit there and watch all eight episodes, six episodes. I'm not sure. I'm not sure how many it is. Yeah, I can't. I didn't find a listings, but I think it's it's not a huge amount, which thankfully it's not, because if it were like 12 episodes or something like that, it'd be so much to take. Oh, but yeah. yeah, but six to eight episodes sounds about right. But yeah, that is definitely, and like I said, I'm looking forward to this as well because Neil Gaiman cannot do any wrong right now, which is fantastic. I'm so thrilled with that sort of thing. But uh, yeah, what do you think there, Mike? My biggest thing with this whole Sandman series mm -hmm. is I'm still not sold on the casting of Death. So it's, What's her name? Kirby Howell Baptiste is the character that's playing Death in this. And I'm, if I remember right, she was in The Good Place. And yep. her personality was great for the character. You know, she's mm -hmm. very bubbly and happy and a really good aura about her. But to me, she just does not look the part. And an interesting thing, uh, like I was thinking, who would be the character I would cast for that, right? Because if you're going to critique the casting, you try and come up with someone that might be better. Yeah, and I was thinking Jenna Coleman from Doctor Who, um, who played Clara Oswald. Right, so yeah, that's yeah. Someone that has that girlish face and that bubbly personality, and 
um i don't know just like the kind of personality that draws you to her but isn't right? she and already in the series though she is she and is that's the thing it. i started looking it up and she's playing joanna constantine yes constantine so, that's right she's playing constantine yes 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 yeah so that was interesting that it's like oh this is the person i would cast it's like oh yeah we actually got her in a different role it's like ah okay well yeah well so we'll see how it all plays out but um the first indication from the trailer is it seems to capture the mood Mm -hmm. vibe and the guy they got playing sandman looks great looks really really good that hair oh that hair oh yeah yeah definitely definitely what do you think there gavin i to be honest, I, ha I haven't read the books in a very long time. So I just mostly remember the art style. And uh, I'm, I'm sold on the art style alone. The look, uh, the, the visuals alone make me want to go uh, further into this. Oh, yeah, the helmet uh, probably great. Try to refresh, my, refresh myself with uh, the comics at some point before it uh, debuts. But I might just wait and just go in kind of like with... Uh, fresh eyes i guess <laughs> you know what i'm in the same boat as you gavin it's been like well decades since i've read anything sandman i don't think i actually have anything available to me right now but i think i think knowing that neil gaiman is in charge of the story and the writing for this i think he will do a service to viewers who have no idea what this is all about and we'll basically, we will be handheld into this series to a point and then he'll go full gaming on us and then everyone will be like, oh my God, I love the series. Because again, he's also getting people that uh, American Gods and uh, Good Omens as well. Everyone knows what to expect from a Neil Gaiman now. You can't go into this blindly not knowing, but I think that Sandman, because it's such a huge epic thing to start off where it's starting off. I know Neil Gaiman is going to do a service to those who are fans and those who are newbies. And I trust that it's going to be a fantastic series. So I'm not going to refresh myself at all. All right. I was wondering about that opening sequence, if that was in the comic or not. So I had to go searching for it. And it right. does look like that. Like they do have the ritual. Yeah. You know, where they... Him. and that's the shot directly from the trailer with him oh my god up. it looks so fantastic yeah and yeah. so the fact that they got that right even the ruins so look right yeah oh now now i'm really thrilled about this this is this is fantastic <laughs> were they yeah uh, when they, were they had the budget to be able to put put into, into the visuals it's it really shows yes yeah for sure for sure sorry for me, i cut you off trevor when I went through, no, it's okay. When I went through the, the casting, it, it all looked great. But yeah, I agree. I had in my mind, because um, I just recently reread, I think it was like the first couple of issues of Sandman, just to kind of jog the memory. And the person in my mind that I saw playing Death, any of you guys watch Doom Patrol? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't watch it, no. Jane, Diane Guerrero. She is like, you'd swear they just pulled her right out of the comic book. In terms for and for, for okay death. now okay I see what you're going with yeah okay okay um, she looks so close to what she looks like um, the other one would have been um, oh god what's her name and who would that, that character be for um, for death okay um, I just felt that you know she she fit the the persona I mean she can do like the dark goth persona but she can I mean she's a versatile enough actress that she can change up you know the the 
the way that she portrays a character. So she's got the, the acting skill. Um, and I just felt like she had the look as well. But she's kind of busy with Doom Patrol right now. So that's not going to happen. <laughs> Plus, I believe this is being done in the UK, isn't it? Sandman yeah. is being, yeah, in yeah. the UK. Yeah. yeah. I think that was part of the, um, to get Gaiman on board. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. he wants to do it in his backyard. All right. So next up on our list, if, if everyone's done with the Sandman, everyone done with the Sandman? Okay, nods. Yes, works good for an audio podcast. Yes, yes. Absolutely. All right. Yes. <laughs> Just makes Next. it sound like you're still in control, Troy. That's all. Okay, I see what you're saying. All right. So we have um, something that was brought up to us a couple of months ago by Mr. Kitchen himself, and we got the uh, trailer, which gives us a little more of uh, Cobra Kai season four, yeah, which we also eight hours ago. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> which was uh, going to be released on Netflix and it's going to be uh, given to us on the 31st of December. New Year's Eve. Yeah, so you get to watch everything and watch the new year come in sort of thing. Before the new year starts, you get to get, get caught up on Cobra Kai season four. Exactly. Um, now, now, I myself am only in second season again. I've, I've just stalled. Still? Because, I know, How I know. I have, I'm still in How second season. How dare you? I know, I know, it's terrible. It's 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 horrible of me to like. What type of fan am I, sort of thing? But um, exactly, the hell kind of fan are you? This little trailer looks. I mean, I know where the story ends up because I just know what happens in season three to begin with. But this trailer between <laughs> trying to make their own dojo in a backyard, <laughs> just it looks so entertainingly 80s. funny. It the 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 two leads working off each other just look like they're, they first of all, look like they're having fun, um, which is fantastic. And, um, but uh, what's his face um, who returns uh, guy with ponytail. Yeah. Terry silver silver. Yeah. Someone looks a little older than everyone else looks actually. Cause um, he aged a bit. Yeah. Just a bit, but I mean, it's still fantastic. Um uh, again, um, I'm thrilled that the series is coming out. I'm in the middle of catching up with the series and I will, it's something that I'll eventually get to. I know December is going to be one hell of a busy time just with a couple of shows on Disney plus and whatnot. Cause we got uh, both uh, Boba Fett and we got yeah, uh, Hawkeye and whatnot. So, I mean, I don't know if I'm going to sit there and watch all six how many episodes was the other seasons of Cobra Kai? They weren't that long, right? It wasn't like, like 10. They were 10. They were 10. Really? We can Google that. We have to. Yeah, we can totally Google that sort of thing. But uh, anyways, I I will definitely look forward to it when I get episodes. to it. There you go. Um, so what do you guys think? I'm liking it. Uh, I love it. that. It's the All Valley Tournament again. Right. Because that's so Karate Kid. That's I right. Love I about seeing that, yeah. the Daniel and Johnny giving the mentor speeches at the same time, because you see such a contrast of the characters, mm-hmm. and the fact that scene looks like that's the very last scene of the last season, so that looks like that's essentially where it starts. Which is fun that you go right from the last Phil Collins in the air tonight thing, seeing them come together, and then this is the pep talk. It's like, oh my god, these guys got a lot of work to do. 
Um, yeah. But it looks like there's some massive stakes. I'm so curious to see the crease and silver Cobra Kai. And it just looks like it's going to be fun. The gymnastics scene in the trailer looks fun. So I think the stunts are going to be amped up a little bit. Uh, mm-hmm. Most of the martial arts look pretty good. So, yeah, the whole family's looking forward to this one. This is probably by far the most favorite live action show in the kitchen household right now. So, yeah, looking forward to it. Wow. That's pretty uh, high, uh, high standards there. What do you guys think? I'm gonna, again, I'm going to watch the hell out of this. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just Trevor's, put Trevor's that said, as a tag for it, like a catch line. The, 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 yeah. like, just, a sound just, clip. We'll make it a sound bite. Can we, can we get a soundboard for you, Trevor? Yeah, we'll get a soundboard for I'm Trevor. Can we make his eyes glow red when he's watching all the hell out of everything? His eyes are just going to need some like eye drops. The steam. Occasionally the hair catches on fire. Well, like, <laughs> like you, try. I'm still behind on season two. Uh, I, I have uh, I have surmised from the uh, from the intro for the trailer that uh, you know their crease is probably taken over the uh, Cobra Kai. You have no excuses, Gavin. And that now they have to work together. And to be honest with you, uh, I, was it for a season where uh, where where they they go out and grab a beer or something like that? Mm-hmm. And they're actually getting along until the moment when he realizes that uh, his son is being trained by his enemy. Yeah, there's I, I a whole like, bunch of mo- moments like that through the whole series. It's so nice yeah, that interplay between the two. So I, I, I enjoyed that moment. And I'm like, like, oh, no, are they going to be best friends? Oh, no, they're we not. Okay, best friends? that's fine. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> but I, it, it sounds like it's going to it's going to be playing off of that kind of uh, that that relationship pretty well. So I'm. Um, as uh, Trevor would say, I'm going to watch the heck out of it. Heck. I'm censored. Heck? Who the hell uses heck? <laughs> yeah, for the guy who drops the most heck in good time. Yeah, for the guy who drops f bombs like they're candy. Oh, fuck off! <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, there's our there's... word for word. Quickly, Hi, what's Karamba. the time? What's the time there? There's our first f bomb of, of the night. All right, thirty-one minutes in. You're welcome. All right. So um, after that, we have uh, yet another Netflix uh, trailer was dropped uh, today as we uh, as we talk. Uh, this is the 25th of September um, and December 17th is going to be the second season of The Witcher. So we uh, this household over here are big fans of The Witcher, um, apparently. There we go. We have someone currently taking part in the actual video game right now. looks like Trevor's a big fan as well. Um, Apparently on on the switch, but I wasn't here. uh, Apparently um, the first season was watched within two days, the whole entire thing. Um, uh, I will, I I will outwardly say that yes, my daughter was present while the show was being watched. Uh, She seemed to enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, I, however, have never seen an episode yet. Um, it was all watched while I was Just at work. Make sure one day. she doesn't go all Yennefer on you. Yeah. Okay, I will make sure that she doesn't go all Yennefer on me. So yeah. Um, but it is something that I have been meaning to see again. They like, were stream cheating on you. Yeah, exactly. Well, no, I mean they watched it the day it was released. Uh, so there was no. I was at work. They watched it all in one day. So I think stream and fidelity. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this looks really cool. I mean, I've seen the trailer. I've seen sequences from the first series. I've seen all the clips. I know the song about throwing a coin to your watcher. What? 
and to your Witcher and all that sort of thing. But this looks really cool. And I like he um, he Henry. Henry Cavill? Henry Cavill. And, sorry? Henry. Henry Cavill, yeah. Henry Cavill. So yeah, I said right. it right, right? Yeah. yeah. The look on your face is like, no, is it Harvey? No, it's not. It's, it's not Harvey. No, we were shocked that you said it right. That's all. Thanks, yeah. And um, there's well, the that a, it, it's a it's a visual. Uh, uh, visual exactly. It's a visual. OK, on YouTube, we'll have to strike it for the visual. But anyways, this looks really entertaining. I mean, Boy, the visuals look again. The F bomb by a finger. Uh, that would be called flipping the bird. Um, and again, this like the other ones we've mentioned, this is actually a Netflix original. They purchased the rights. They produced everything. They there goes the hand crank. Yeah, OK. Uh, I was going to do the whole entire, I've got one of these for you sort of thing, but, oh, so what do you guys think about this? Uh, I take it you guys have all seen The Witcher to begin with, right? The first season? First season, yes. Yes. And it was a lot of fun. Obviously not a family film, but it's a fun okay. one to watch with the wife. And watch the hell out of it. I will be. <laughs> Ooh, switching it up on a... <laughs> watch the hell out of it, I will. Yes. What do you think, Gavin? I'll watch it. I, I I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the first season. Uh, Henry Cavill was uh, was was pretty good. I, I I've heard uh, people have commented on his acting in the in the in his various Superman roles as being somewhat wooden, but uh, I thought he did quite well in it. I disagree with. Okay, I agree with Superman as a wooden character, but I don't blame him for that at all. I blame the directing. I, I think I, we've talked about this before too, but it's like. He could have played the perfect Superman. Yeah. He could have, if he was, if, you know what, if he was given his, yeah, the right to, to do it properly. Yes. He would have been a good Superman. He just unfortunately had the wrong scripts, the wrong directing, the wrong. Yeah. It was just, yeah. Um, so, I mean, again, we're not blaming the actor. We're blaming the character. Just the way that no, he we're was... just blaming the director. The, the, we're blaming the, okay. We're yeah, the character is a great character. Yeah, the character is a great character, but I'm talking the character in the mean. movie. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So good. Okay. Uh, okay. Yeah. Good. I'm glad my point got across <laughs> what, I, what I was what I was saying then. All right. Um, so we're all looking forward to The Witcher in again December. Um, so the next two things are two little small things that I that I found that I think are quite entertaining to my cold uh, dark heart and um something that i've been following for a while um in england they were putting together a stage play of a musical version of back to the future now the unfortunate thing is uh it, the actual musical wasn't actually able to be um be done because of the whole entire 2020 shutting down the production and they've just recently announced that it is actually going into production. It is basically going to be at stage play again. It's going to be a musical. Um, it's still over in England. It's still the same cast and all that. And it's basically from this little trailer, it shows you a bunch of clips of how they're doing it. It looks like a lot of like rear projection screens and digital screens and an actual full-size DeLorean that actually doesn't drive. It's moves by moving screens and all that sort of thing. But it looks like a real fun time. And again, huge Back to the Future fan. Um, I've, again, since 
84. I've been a fan of the the movie and everything that has come out ever since, no matter what it is. Um, and a musical version is exactly what I want to see. Now, unfortunately, I'm probably not going to be able to see it anytime soon because more than likely it's going to be running a long time in England, probably come to the States at some point in the next year or two, and maybe I'll be able to catch a traveling show and all that because i know i have a couple of buddies that would probably want to see it and we'll probably all get dressed up in costume to go see this musical about back to the future so that was one of the things that i found that i thought was entertaining i just thought because hey back to the future there's a musical now so um the other thing is is just something i just happened to come across which um i've recently gotten back into watching the wwe and um, Netflix <laughs> on October 5th is releasing another one of their uh, choose your own adventure sort of programs. And this is Escape the Undertaker, where um, the, uh, the New Day from the WWE decide to um, figure that they're going to get some uh, influence and power from using the Undertaker's urn. And uh, so what they do is they approach the Undertaker and they have to uh, basically go through a haunted house version of uh, a choose your own adventure where you, along with the New Day, try and get through the Undertaker's mansion to acquire the urn. And it just looks like a stupid fun time. Um, what was the what was the uh, Black Mirror episode that did that? It was. Was that, oh no, what was it called? Anyways, they tried it before and it, it seemed to work pretty good. Again, the props come up on your screen. You have a certain amount of time to activate your choice and all that. And again, it's the new day versus the Undertaker. And it just looks like a fun time. I mean, if you're a fan of the WWE, if you're not, forget about what I just said, because whatever. But again, this is being released on Netflix on October 5th. There goes Trevor stabbing himself in the brain. All right. So as we, well, uh, anything I, else? I, I will say, yes. Uh, having seen uh, uh, something called Die Hard the Musical a couple of years ago, uh, basically it was eighties. It was a whole bunch of eighties uh, uh, rock music, uh, sort of re redone with Die Hard themed lyrics. Um, I'll see if I can get the musical director. I, I actually know him uh, personally uh, to see if I see if there's uh, there's any video recording of it. And I'll see if I can share it with you guys. But uh, I will. I would definitely watch uh, Back to the Future the musical uh, based on that experience alone. Well, didn't That's you awesome. see a Back to the Future thing recently, Gavin? Yeah, actually, last night uh, the, the Vancouver Symphony Orchestra performed the musical score to Back to the Future live with the film being shown on a, on a big screen in front of the, uh, the orchestra. Uh, the, the best, one of the best parts about it is the, the conductor comes out wearing a Marty McFly vest. Nice. Nice. That's, That's how you know he's, this. he's dedicated. Did people keep thinking he was a lifeguard or something? Some people <laughs> might have, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it was, uh, it was, it was incredible. Like watching, watching it live in front of you. Uh, the Vancouver Symphonic Orchestra is phenomenal. I mean, I, I, no, nothing quite like you know your 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 Met uh, type uh, you know band camp wannabes, but whatever. <laughs> no Philly or New York, but they'll do. 
now was it was it selections that'll from... do donkey that'll do oh no it, it was the entire <laughs> was the sport. whole movie so you watched the whole yeah. entire movie we watched the entire the... movie and that's uh, cool there, there was probably six people in the audience who had not never seen back to the future before that would and... be something i eh? to see it the first time like that wow that's a yeah that's an amazing first way to have seen it with a live orchestra Whoa. Oh, it was it was fantastic. Um, and, and the amazing thing is, is I remember exactly how I felt right at the end when, uh, you know, Do- uh, Doc Brown turns to uh, Marty and goes, uh, roads, where we're going, we don't need roads. And it, you know, the DeLorean rises up and then flies off. And I'm sitting there going like, I had no idea a sequel was coming. Absolutely no idea. In fact, and this is unfortunately uh, because I, I, I recall i think it was like 12 or 13 years old i didn't realize at first that all of uh, all of the uh, the actors were playing their younger selves in the in the past i mean yeah the makeup was not great and when you look at it by today's standards but i actually had to didn't realize that until like the second or third showing when i watched it so it was uh, it was an in- sort of interesting uh, retrospect uh, ba- on uh, you know reflecting back in 1985 when I saw it the first time. Well, Gavin, don't forget that it wasn't until home video that the to be continued was actually put on the ending. They actually didn't know it was going to be a sequel when it Is that right? wasn't it's when it's yeah. when it was in its original theatrical release. It was just supposed to be a one off when they found out the orders that they needed for home video they decided to tack it on because universal decided they were going to make a sequel after no that. I way being, i did not yeah. know that i remember yeah. that being a huge stir people were like like buying copies in droves to see if that was actually on there i remember mm-hmm. oh god where was i at the time? i think i was i was living we just moved back to ontario and i remember like seeing a news broadcast and them talking about you know Universal's added to the the Back to the Future VHS now coming in you know, a home video to be continued, and they even yeah. showed like a little blurb of it. And yeah, it yeah. So instead of yeah, so the the original theatrical release. I mean, every version you now see when you go to the movies to see it is all the digital versions have to be continued. They no longer have the the end sort of thing. But uh, yeah, so originally, yeah, the first time was to be continued was on home video it was actually also a huge thing that uh, mcdonald's was uh giving away with a happy meal you could buy a uh slp recording of back to the future for like five bucks or ten bucks when you buy a happy meal which was a steal at the time but again it was the slp so it was like the very poor quality and all that but back to the future and that was a huge thing as well because well, Again. that was also the point where where uh, home video was like two or three years later. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, it's like, uh, what you have Back to the Future on video cassette? Yeah. Yeah, it came out. In, the video came out in '86. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah, it was yeah. it was such a big deal. Yeah. But I know that the uh, that is the box set that was released like just after 2000 for Back to the Future. They took out the to be continued. It was left off, yeah, because they wanted because it, it was it it was made from a theatrical print which didn't have the to be continued on it. So, there's your uh, Back to the Future minute sort of thing for yeah. There you go. Yeah, something the, tonight. That's great. Yeah. 
Um, so after, uh, as we wrap up our coming attractions, uh, we're going to move on to our uh, next subject of the evening. And uh, as we have been uh, watching for the past couple of weeks, um, we are back to Disney Plus with the series Marvel Studios What If. And this particular episode, which is episode seven, we uh, were given the What If Thor were an only child. Now, on the scale of um, dark to light, this is probably the lightest episode we have seen for the whole entire thing. This is party Thor. A, this is this is the party Thor episode. If you didn't know already, this is the party Thor. Um, but Captain Marvel still made me feel icky. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I thought the uh, Captain Marvel versus Thor fight was actually probably the best uh, the best fight I've seen between uh in terms of like power versus power it was a good fight it, i it what like i just cringe when i see carol danvers in the mcu it's just ugh. <laughs> but um the fight was good i'll give you credit to that gavin it was a good fight and when you look at the actual uh, voice cast for this particular uh, episode you all you know that everyone was just sitting around reading lines recording like filming the new love and thunder Thor movie and going, Hey, we got a couple of lines for you to read and all that because they got everybody. Natalie Portman is huge in this episode. Mm -hmm. We got, we finally got Thor to say something. So Chris Hemsworth is there. Uh, Kat Denning is there. We have even Taika Waititi saying one line. Jeff Goldblum is in this. It's just, when I saw his name. I was shocked. And he's just like riding around on a moped. And so he's not doing a whole lot. Like what the hell? So how Um, did they get him for that? Uh, we have um, uh, Loki, Frost Giant Loki, which I was so thrilled to see that he was a Frost Giant, which is fantastic. Um, that was probably so, the most what the best what if moment for me in that episode. I because it's like, oh yeah, I guess he could be like that, couldn't he? Exactly. Yeah. I totally agree with you, Mike. As soon as they showed frost giant loki and i'm like and again tom hiddleston does the voice again and all that and the fact that he has the ice horns as well it's yeah. just ah oh. and then he goes still by the name of loki though yeah well he would that's his name well no is it didn't odin give him that name no no oh really loki son he of was... lofrey loki son of lofrey Oh, I guess so. Yeah, I guess yeah. I didn't even think of that. Of course, yes. Well, oh. Odin, the all-seeing, would have known that. Yeah. That's why, like, Loki's right. last name isn't Odin's son, like like Thor. <laughs> right, yes. Okay, yes. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That is right. That is right. Um. So the other thing is we have huge cameos from all the intergalactic characters. Anything Everybody. from from Guardians of the Galaxy to uh, basically Thor Ragnarok, all the characters we're introduced to in those are back. Um, it's just, oh, it was just such- There's a, a rabbit in the sink. <laughs> or the duck got married. The, yeah, duck, the duck got, got married. <laughs> to Darcy of all people. Darcy, Darcy marries Howard the Duck, which is fantastic. Again, voiced by Seth Green, which is kind of cool mm-hmm. and all that. And that kind of is sort of a bit of a throwback to the old Howard the Duck movie. You know, like I got For vibes sure. of that. Yeah. I thought that For was For sure. Yes. Now, without, without the duck titties. Someone had brought up the point um, that how could Thor, you know, how is he worthy if, he, if he's this big party guy? How is he worthy to lift the hammer? 
And I shut that down one that one down pretty quick by saying, because Odin never cast the worthy spell on, on Mjolnir because he never had to send Thor to Earth as punishment. Yep. So he never did the you know, whoever's worthy to lift this hammer have the power of Thor. So that well, wait a second here. He drops it on Captain Marvel and mm-hmm. she can't get up. Now is she just relaxing there? Or does it still have that power? That's that's the, the, the question. Is if if then if saying it does have still have that power, then is Thor still worthy, even being such a you know party animal that that he is? Is is, is, is you know his own like as long as he's still a party animal, he's worthy. Because I thought the same thing that you said yeah. about obviously he didn't cast a spell, but then the moment he dropped it on her belly and she couldn't get up, it's like oh wait a second, either she's just chilling and relaxing, or it still has that power. And then maybe he's just a great party dude. He's worthy, man. Yeah, maybe. Maybe it's a different uh, spell on it. Yeah, and you who shall party can lift Odin the hammer. fine with the partying. As yeah. long as he's not starting wars, he's good. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. I could see that's what he, cool with that's that. what caused him to to send Thor in, in the first film was because yep. Thor did an unprovoked attack. But yep. partying, that's fine. You can yeah. still be partying up and be worthy. Can't you? you can yes (laughs) party on dude i I like this episode garth um it's not my favorite episode but adrian talked about that it was fun to watch uh we also got um uh kobe smothers returning um Mm -hmm. for her role we also had a brief uh sam jackson <laughs> a couple of lines, very brief, fantastic, Mark, almost as almost as brief as Taika Waititi with the one line of yeah. Korg. Um, but I, you know, just from a like, and also because of the episodes we've just come off of being so dark, being so out of the yeah. normal, uh, it was nice to have a lighthearted episode finally, to have something that is from start to the 99 yard line like lighthearted entertaining because um this episode ends on an actual cliffhanger yeah and, and it, the, it's pretty dark with what vision ultron thanos gone yeah, that was pretty cool of, that that i i kind of i want to see more of that i want to yeah, see for sure which well, just goes back to what you were saying last week where i would have been so pissed because it's like, come on, you can't just leave us with that. But if there's a second episode, it's like, okay, you can leave us with that. I'll watch the next one. I uh, my my theory with what uh, what's going on with uh, Ultron there is this was just what would have happened had he gotten the vision body that he was commissioning. Yeah, well, the, and then still got the, the mind gem. Yeah, so. exactly. So, oh, you mean I can collect them all and exterminate <laughs> humanity? Sweet. Um, and like I mentioned in our chat that we had, my favorite line from the whole entire episode is when the watcher is surprised by what's about to happen, and he go and he says, "Wait, what?" Which is one of my favorite lines to hear an actual character respond with the "Wait, what?" I mean, it's my favorite line being uttered in a movie, and to hear the watcher of all voices going, "Wait, what?" The all-knowing, all-seeing watcher. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is fantastic. Yeah, and and the fact that the Vision Ultron comes through a 
ring sling porthole it looks like does it not yeah yeah I mean, like. at least it was a sparkly portal let's put it a sparkly portal whether or not it was a ring sling portal or something like that but still it was them um again every beat in this episode comedically was perfect uh the freya storyline now it's not renee russo returning to do freya but the actress that did again they've done another great job as replacing the actress with the voice yeah, it sounded that, really good which had the right cadence had the right feel to it and the character was so freya as well which is which is great writing as well um and the fact that jane has to figure out how to get in contact with heindel to get her to freya to get (laughs) oh and the fact that the end chris hemsworth and again Something else that I put in the chat is I want to see the actual video recording of Chris Hemsworth doing the voice acting because he looked like he was being such a goofball because we all seen behind the scenes stuff. Chris Hemsworth is a goofball, (laughs) but when he I want to see him doing the sound effects of Thor getting punched by (laughs) Captain Marvel. I want to see. Chris Hemsworth in the studio. Exactly. Doing that, Trevor. Doing the, Well, oh. Marvel did release the Zemo cut. They did. I'm sure yeah, exactly, they can yeah. release the behind the scenes. Like, why not? Love and Thunder's coming out. Get people hyped. Let's show it. That's what I'm well, hoping that they Kevin do. Kevin Feige, if you're listening to the podcast, Troy wants the behind the scenes cut. Yeah. The, the, the we, thing we that I love the most about this is that uh, until we saw uh, Ragnarok, you know, we, you know, you caught glimpses of, of uh, Chris Hemsworth's comedic timing, but you really sort it really hammered home, uh, hammer, uh, in, uh, in Ragnarok. I don't get it. Just like how good. I don't get it, Gavin. What? What do you mean? You we'll, uh, we'll, we'll explain it to you with, with pictures and crayons later. Uh, okay, it it really hammered home how, how good he was. With, I like crayons. Uh, with, 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 with the comedic timing. I, like uh, I, I think Kenneth Branagh in the, the very first Thor movie had said that uh, he, he wanted Thor to be kind of this noble, serious character. And it didn't quite see, like that's, it, it was fine for what it was, but it just didn't quite play off uh, as, as good as it could have. Uh, but then once we started seeing Thor as sort of like, you know, he's got he's got the the lions, you know, it's like a, you know, what the whole, uh, you know, Loki's killed th- uh, thousands of people, adopted brother, you know, that that whole yeah. thing it just really played well. <laughs> and uh, with Ragnarok, it really showed that, you know, he could really play off uh, the, the, the comedic side of Thor. And it just got better and better the more we got into like uh, Endgame and uh, and and Infinity War. And seeing him doing this this uh, it's even better now because you, you really see like you know what thor it could be as a, as the the party guy the uh, makes me look, want to see him even more and more in the the, the mcu i'm i'm okay. just hoping that they do the same thing that they did um with the um, other took the baby. yes i know they took the baby um, not the baby they... not yes Maybe the baby. dingo at your baby yes um, where at the end of one division, the end of Falcon, the winter soldier, the end of, of, of Loki, where they had a making of episode sort of thing, or like, like that hour long special about the making of the Marvel. Um, what is it? What is it called? Whatever it's called. Anyways, the one where they showed the making of series. I hope they do something about 
the what if series and I, hopefully, I really do too yeah and hopefully we'll see those behind the scenes the actors coming back doing their roles and all that oh seeing t'challa oh seeing chadwick boseman doing the voice of that might be a little bit yeah but still i if they have it i hope they they show it off because again to get what we've gotten and then yeah so anyone else got anything else to say about the what if um just as a spoiler for next wednesday the episode is tony stark and sakar so instead of it oh. being Bruce Banner, Hulk going to Sakaar, it's Tony Stark. How would that oh, be no. different? Oh, Tony with access to all that technology. Tony up against the Grandmaster in the arena. However, it plays out. So I'm looking forward to Wednesday. Okay, so it's pre nanotech, right? Because that's when, right? It would have been pre nanotech, uh, right? Because it's 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 Age of Ultron that. Hulk no, he had the right? nano suit when he when uh, Banner got blasted at the end of Ragnarok when he got blasted to Earth. Tony has the the, the nanotech suit. Yes, but so, when Hulk disappears, Ultron, that's when Hulk disappears. Yeah, correct. Yeah. So, so he didn't have Tony the tech. didn't get the nanotech until so if that's after when Cap kicks his ass. And but it, it depends on when they take and when Tony they're going to send him. Yes. Yeah. No, I'm just going yeah. by when Hulk went to go to Sakaar. Yeah. Right. That's why I said it was that. And okay. in two weeks, it's the Ultron Vision, Infinity Stones, and the Guardians of the Multiverse. Yeah. So that's, I think that's kind of what we got a preview of with the Vision with the right Ultron, the Vision Ultron with all the stones. So that's good that we get to see that this season. Yeah, so that's exciting. Yeah, at least, at least, yeah. And then it wraps well, up. Trump, and that's no, it. wait, that doesn't sound right. Yeah, well, I have to say that when 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 he came through the portal and you see it's like the the, the Ultron body and you've got the stones, and then when the head flips up and it's Vision's face in there with the the Mind Stone, I was like, I want to see how that happens. I want to see that yeah. story. But oh, the head Lord. actually opens up like an Iron Man mask. Yeah, correct, yeah, doesn't yeah, it? it does. Yeah. Yeah. Duh, can't wait. <laughs> now, again, you guys said it wasn't your favorite episode. I mean, so far, what has been your favorite episode out of them? Zombies. So, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with zombies as well. Zombies was probably my favorite episode, followed very closely by the Doctor Strange. Uh, you know, if he lost his heart. I lost his heart instead of his hands. Yeah. Yeah, those were just, and then right. I mean, it was basically for me three, four, five. As you do it, five, four, three. So you have the zombies, strange, and then the Avengers getting taken down by a Mad Henry Pym or Hank Pym. That was yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. For me, I mean, I I really like Captain Carter, but I don't think it stands as strong as those other three episodes. For me, it was episode six. What if Killmonger rescued Tony Stark? I think there's so much good in there. It spans so much of the Marvel universe. And just that moment of T'Challa talking from the afterlife that was so haunting to me. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. it was so powerful. So for me, that's the one. And when we get when we break it down, right? When we say like the worst episode out of these, the worst episode is still really well done. It's still Yeah. I mean, right. Yeah, I mean, there's has not... good moments. Yeah. Again, yeah, even it's it's like the worst of this is still better than most of the stuff that's been put out there. It's still for sure. the worst of this for is sure. still better than the all of the bad batch. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm still sorry about the bad batch. I'm sorry. 
What do you say, Gavin? What do you say, Gavin? What's your favorite episode? I I really like Captain Carter. I the first one. It it grabbed me. I I mean I, I've always been a fan of like technology and basically taking the skinny Steve Rogers and throwing him into a into a, effectively an Iron Man suit. I'm sorry, I'm sold on that. Roger Stomper. Yeah, I I I agree with you there too, uh, Gavin. But I'm gonna have to fall back myself on zombies as well, just because I like where where captain carter went I, I i i mean i know it's just a retelling of an already done story just gender change but i like the the look of it being the first one also helps a lot and all that but yeah zombies just because you know zombies explanation well, we're talking about zombies i was gonna ask this offline but hey we're doing this live okay um the way trev and i did the wizard when you're listening to podcast. this right now when you're listening to this right now we're actually doing this live yes Zombies. We should do a conversation about zombies at some point, whether it's an addendum or I'm, I'm up for that. A thing, because this is a thing that I've been thinking about since we started. How, especially Troy and Trevor, you love that your zombies. Zombies freak me out. And I don't like them, but <laughs> that could be a fun conversation. Just like the Gandalf. Is he a wizard? Is he a sword fighter? Um, it could be a good conversation. So something to think about. Sure. If only there were an appropriate time of the year to be talking about zombies. Hmm. I know. Hmm. Hmm. I'm, I'm guessing hmm. Arbor Day. Arbor Day. Come on. Always. There you go, go. Hand in hand. hand. No, that hand in that rotting good. hand. Hand in let hand. Let me put that in my Rolodex. Yes, yes. Let me put, let me go buy a Rolodex <laughs> and figure out how to work one. <laughs> Adrian's coming with the Rolodex. All righty then. Is she curling? Is she saying hurry? <laughs> hurry! Hurry hard! Hard! hard hurry! <laughs> no, the baby's crying out. So she's 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 coming to go upstairs. All righty then. Whether or not this was a more or less a Canadian uh, podcast, now you know. Yes. Yep. The daughter's curling upstairs, and Adrian's got a sweep. <laughs> and Adrian's got a sweep. <laughs> I already took care of Harrison earlier. He, yeah. But now Mare's home, so if he starts to cry, she'll, she'll grab him, but he should be good. Alrighty then. So on that note, we're going to move on to our next subject matter. And uh, this is something that we've been uh, looking for uh, forward to for a while. Once the, uh, first of all, the idea was given to us uh, about a year ago when uh, D23 happened in 2020, when, uh, Disney dropped every single title that they're going to be giving us Star Wars in the next like decade sort of thing. But um, one of the items was at the time, a very small thing, which was referred to as Star Wars visionaries. And basically it was uh, given to us in a little capsulized uh, version of, it was a bunch of different animation houses doing their own take on Star Wars. And that's all that we got uh, a couple of months ago. We actually got a, teaser trailer which was a five minute thing where they interviewed a bunch of the different artists from the different studios and what they wanted to do and what they were going to do for this whole entire thing interspliced with cutscenes from the upcoming shorts um this past wednesday uh, we got all nine episodes all shorts uh dropped on us now when they say shorts we're talking like 
12 to 22 minutes. So we're talking almost full length episodes, which is kind of neat. And um, we're going to just talk about each of the individual nine episodes, because um, if you've been listening to this podcast, then like I said, we're on our 20th episode right now. And you know, we're fans of animation. We uh, went to schooling for it. Um, We've all been, well, one of us constantly is in the world of anime with his family, Um, but we've all- Believe it. (laughs) We've all watched it in the past. We watch it currently. Um, We've we've gone out to uh, showings at movie theaters for movies we probably didn't want to see on the big screen. But uh, oh that's, uh, my. <laughs> that's neither here nor we there. We've seen some things. Yes, we've seen so many things. Um, but again, anything from like uh, Ranma one half to Akira to anything in between. Bubblegum Crash. Astro Boy. Exactly. Astro Legend Boy. Legend of the Overfiend. Exa- Legend of- oh, exactly. Not. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that's not right, man. That's not right. Um, we're talking uh, Ninja Scroll. We're talking um, everything under the sun. And we get Star Wars Visions, which, again, like I said, it's different animation houses, um, Japanese uh, anime, sorry, houses doing their own take on the Star Wars universe. So in episode one, it's the uh, Kamikaze du- uh, Duga uh, company doing the episode called The Duel. So when we come to a quick little synopsis of what The Duel is all about, The Duel is uh, quite uh, simply a wandering stranger with a mysterious past defends a village from powerful bandits. Again, that's just a very capsulized review, but um, as a first episode, it was awesome. Yeah. Oh my for God. Sure. The art style was incredible. It was just, it was it, honestly, this is the thing I think George Lucas way back when would have watched and went, oh, let's make a movie about this sort of stuff. This was a hundred percent, you know, early samurai film quality, you know, like, all those like Yojimbo and and all of those samurai oh, man, films. That's and, exactly what I got from that too, Trevor. Uh, I was and, looking at it. It's like, oh, it's black and white. Why are you doing it in black and white? Oh, it kind of looks like an Akira Kurosawa film. Wait yeah. a second, Seven Samurai Star Wars was based on that. Holy crap! Like, yes, and, this is like I am. And the only thing that had color in the whole film were the lightsabers. Mm. Yep. And it was it was gorgeous to look at. Very graphic. It felt like I was reading, like. A manga book it had that that very 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 illustrative style but it moved and it was yeah. like holy how much work went into that to take that illustrative style and make it move and move convincingly and it was just it was gorgeous i mean if that thing had been expanded out i think it was what 15 14 minutes long 15 mm-hmm. minutes long yeah something if like that, that was like a hour and 45 minute or two hour movie I would be sitting there with the first piece of popcorn still in my hand because I haven't put it in my mouth yet. Just, just yeah. watching in, in awe. You look at what the sequels could be. You look at what the prequels could have been. Everything was in this episode. Yeah, and this was just a short little story, but told so beautifully. I love it when the lightsaber's coming down and he catches it between his hands using the force. So you're a Jedi. I'm no Jedi. And he pulls out the red saber. It's like, what? Yeah, I exciting. really enjoyed the uh, the take on the lightsaber. 
like the umbrella style. That was great. That was that, that everything about that episode was innovative, but at the same time, it had the Star Wars feel of being. It felt like it was old, like everything's yeah, well yeah. used. Unlike you know, Star Trek, that was my biggest thing. At Star Trek, everything feels like it's just fresh off the assembly line. Star Star Wars always feels like it's been around the block, probably had been repaired a couple times, and maybe the guts have been ripped out and, and replaced, you know, four or five times. This felt like it came right out of the Star Wars universe. Like there's no mistaking it. Definitely. Well, Gavin Definitely. was talking about the umbrella because I hated in the official prequels with the spinning lightsabers and just you know it's just too much going on. So when they did the umbrella, I was like, oh, that's kind of weird, but that's kind of cool. It's something new, but I kind of believe it. And then when they take the lightsaber out of the thing where it's like the umbrella parts, like the housing for the official sword, it's like, oh, that's just way too cool. Yeah, I, I thought that was a great weapon. Troy? Yeah, so like you guys said, um, everything, it was, it was for a first episode as well, is so spot on. It's black and white feel definitely like a perfect samurai film um the only thing the only thing that had i mean we're introduced to a celestrian uh with along with our our main character who is human uh with a droid uh the droid has color on it because it's little lights are different colors um, and the straw hat and the str- over a straw hat How yeah cool it's, it's not a full dome it's a straw hat and its lights are poking out from behind it which is fantastic um, we're introduced to a Celestrian that, um, tries to help our Ronin because we find out that he's a Ronin near the beginning. Uh, and then these bandits come into town, which are men dressed in partial stormtrooper armor. They're wearing it like knight's armor sort of thing. So they're not a full stormtrooper helmet, but it's got like the, the, the breathing apparatus on the, the cheeks, the visors are open or some are just got the visors on the front face mask and the heads open and all that. Some are wearing pieces of shoulder armor and all that. Um, they're trying to take over a, a small town. They're trying to fleece them for whatever they did. And this town has had enough. So they've hired mercenaries to take them out, which is your whole entire seven samurai sort of storyline. And we're introduced to... Um, an array of different bad guys. We've got one of them is a Tuscan Raider. One of them is uh, a, awesome. Yeah, the Tuscan Raider is a fantastic. The uh, there's a there's a, a a battle droid. Oh, sorry, no, there's a um um um. Uh, I want to say a Death Star droid. I can't remember what the model of that is. Um, there is um, uh, which is basically a protocol droid with a minigun, a blaster That's minigun. Minigun. Um, there is a. My favorite one is the probe droid that is gutted out and being flown by a Doug, which is uh, a friggin' uh, uh, Sebulba from Phantom Menace, yeah. which is fantastic. Uh, the main merchant is a Bosque character. Uh, a s- I can't remember what the lizard Bosques are. And so anyways, they're just... And he's what I got have to two- say about all that is uh, watching it, it's like, why are all these weird aliens here? Like, why is a Tuscan Raider here? But I don't care. It's too awesome. So they quickly take out the Stormtrooper characters. And then, yes, thank you. And then in comes the big bad for the Imperial team. And it's a Sith. 
it's this female Sith who has, like we said, the umbrella thing and she does the whole entire spinny thing. It turns out it's just a housing for it and she quickly cleans up with the whatnot. And then the Ronin decides, okay, I'm going to come in here and the two of them battle it out. And it's just a fantastic fantastic first episode and uh, and the again, ending the buddha with the lightsaber in the waterfall yes come on the, that was uh, so good look if this hasn't convinced you enough please just go ahead and watch this episode i mean out of all the episodes obviously right now out of all the episodes this is my favorite one Same. just because of the Same. look the sound i was actually kind of blown away because everything prior to this nothing was spoken in english what we saw on Disney Plus was obviously dubbed versions of it, but beautifully dubbed versions of it. Um, I, I, I'm going to rewatch these and I'm going to see if there is an option to watch it with the original Japanese voice actors. Hopefully Disney has that available to us. But other than that, that was a great, great first episode. Uh, then... Um, we go. You can, you, you can do the Japanese audio with the English subtitles. Excellent, excellent. I'm definitely gonna rewatch that for sure with the original audio. Yeah, so that'd be kind of cool. Uh, so the next up we have is um, in contrast in both uh, style and probably story is uh, Tatooine Rhapsody, and it's a band of uh, a band with big dreams must save one of their own from Jabba the Hutt and Boba Fett. Now, um, personally, I think, um, if I'm not mistaken, this is probably the lowest one for all of us sort of thing. I mean, the, the little kid version style is kind of cool and all that. But when it comes to story-wise, I didn't... Okay, for the Boba Fett guy in the group, I don't like the fact that Boba Fett and Jabba the Hutt were in this. I didn't like the fact that this particular episode was connected to the rest of the star wars universe because i thought the idea was for them not to be you can talk about stuff that's there you can do ideas with stuff with there but bringing in actual existing characters i think sort of defeated the purpose of this experiment for me i did not mind that the characters were there personally i just thought it was a terrible story it unfortunately was if it was a great story, I'd be like, oh, yeah, Boba Fett. But because it was so bad, it's like, oh, come on. I'm 100% with you on that, Michael. If it had been a more engaging, a more... It, it seemed to even be edited poorly. It looked like it jumped around a little more than it should because, okay, and let's go to the next story beat. Let's cut to the next story beat. And I, I don't know. I mean... And it didn't feel like Star Wars. Even though there's the Cantina band, you know, yep. Jabba's got, you know, you got the Max Rebo mm-hmm. band and that exists in the Star Wars universe, but this didn't feel like it. No. What do you think, Trev? Um, I like the style. I thought the animation was nice and fluid, but it felt like a bad role playing session in terms of story. It really did. It was like someone was like, uh, 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 fuck it, I, I start a band. Who's yeah. the GM in that one? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, you do what now? Matt just... would be the GM. Matt would be the GM. Yeah. And it was just, <laughs> I, I, I sat through it and I was just like, it's just bad storytelling. Like it was just like they, they started with a, a bad idea and then 
didn't pull it off well. And I, I, I mean, I like the style. I wanted to, I would definitely watch any other story in that style. Well, maybe not the first one. Um, but it just, yeah, they, I mean, in terms of visually, it looked great. It was just the story. That, I mean, that's, it's, this is, was a perfect example of story trumps visuals. If you, you know, you can have the great, greatest visuals in the world, but a, a shit story is just, it, it's not going to hold. So, yeah. And I think there's ways they could have made it work, but for whatever reason, it just didn't. Yeah. Gavin? I didn't really like the, the chibi style they were using. It just, it just didn't suit, like Boba Fett absolutely did not look right like that. Jabba uh, did I, I first. I did like the Jabba though. Jabba the Hutt looked kind of cool in that style. Yeah, but like if, if you're going to feature a main character like uh, like oh. like Boba Fett in there, it it just doesn't fit in right with that style. I mean, if they had done him kind of tall and lanky, you know, standing beside Jabba, that, I think that would have worked a lot better. But basically, every single character had the big head and uh, you know, kind of super deformed body as they as as uh, as they call it um i didn't mind the music in it it wasn't too bad but like it just the story was very disjointed uh some nice touches though i mean like you know jabba's like you know watching and then you know you see his tail kind of twitching to the the music that's okay but that adds a little bit here but definitely not my favorite story for sure yeah for sure for sure now, after we got that, we move on to episode three, which turns out to be um, from, oh, sorry, that last one was, um, let me see, Colorado. Studio, Studio Colorado did the, the uh, Tatooine Rhapsody. So the next one being done by uh, the company known as uh, Trigger is called The Twins. And I just and... have to say, watching this, this is the one I was most curious to hear your guys' feedback for. Okay, so this is okay, go. twins born into the dark side clash aboard a massive star destroyer. Well, that sort of uh, really capsulizes that actually idea. Um, so here we go back with actual twins that know they're twins from birth. Um, they're born of the dark side. Um, I don't. I. I. I don't think this is something. First of all. This is not an experiment the Imperials would take a part of because this is clearly Imperials. We can tell by the technology, the look of the ship, it is definitely a Star Destroyer. It is an Empire Strikes Back era Star Destroyer. Anything before this doesn't look like that. Anything after that doesn't look like that when it comes to Star Destroyers. So it's obviously the Empire is doing this experiment. Um, well, it's supposed I, to be like in the aftermath of the Empire's defeat. So exactly, this is, like a, this is like an offshoot of the Empire, like a remnant. So, so we're looking at a like a Timothy Zahn era sort of. Yeah. Okay. If I if I reset myself to that, okay, I'll give it a little more of a leeway. Um, but I like the style again. Completely different than the other two episodes so far, and all that. Um, it's a very very fluid motion of characters and whatnot. I like the design. Um, again, we were listening to I listening to the uh, English voice acting, which I don't think was as strong as the other two to begin with. Um, but um, I kind of enjoyed the episode, but I couldn't get behind the actual idea behind the story. 
kyber crystals <laughs> they um power suit outside without some sort of environment suit to protect yourself from being i don't i are using the force I, that was I a know. big one for wizard me. I to say one that. of the two yeah troy that's one that got me it's like you're standing in space and... yeah your but sister then... your sister is in a pseudo darth vader suit and you're running around like your Leia blasted out of a ship, sort of thing. The robots no... wearing a helmet, the space world, helmet. The robot was wearing fine. a helmet. Yeah, like. But I had to rationalize this. Like maybe it's a nebula that has some oxygen. I don't know. Could so, be. I, I gotta say, um, as as I was as I started watching this one, the first thing I, I thought was, this looks very familiar. And then I went back, looked up the looked up the, the director. Um, the director was uh, Ho, uh, Hiroyuki uh, Imashi. Uh, now, his his uh, uh, his content is, is is incredible. Like he's he's he directed uh, Gurren Lagann, Kill Kill la Kill, um, uh, Panty Stocking Garter. There's this very very specific style that he's known for, and this was just full of it. It was it was it was very clearly his style, and so for me visually, this was this was one of my favorite of all of them so far. Uh, just the just the sheer look, the sheer style, the fight scenes, everything about it was it was screaming that it was it was done by this director. And like yeah, sure, the story eh, the story was a little bit off, but I mean this is one of the ones where, as Trev said, story you know basically will ruin like a bad story will ruin great visuals for me great visuals made this a very enjoyable uh, experience despite the story uh, just everything about it just felt felt kind of like just just fluid just uh, uh, just amazing uh, just in general I, 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 I love the style it was very it was very looney Tunes it was very squash and stretch for the characters I mean the fights and I'll give it that. Yeah, no, it visually it looked really cool. And again, it was completely different. And it was another style of anime that's something that I don't watch regularly and all that. But the cool thing is um, good points for them for you being able to recognize and like, hey, I know this. That looks familiar. Is it this person? Hey, it is that person. Kind of cool and all that. Again, the the very elastic version of all the characters, the squash and stretch was fantastic. The fight between the new weapons that multiple whipped laser lightsaber whatever the sister had against the brother and all that was was kind of neat and all that and i won't give it away for that i won't take it away from that um the design of those two star destroyers married together with the giant blaster in the center looked really cool yeah i still don't understand how it works (laughs) what do you think there trev fucking hated it this this episode I just fucking hated. Oh, I'm so it glad just, you said that because I it, loved it. it. So go. It felt like a 13 year old wrote the story and was like, "Oh, you'll be cool." And then we'll take two Star Destroyers, we'll pop them together, and it was, they'll be fighting, and they'll be stand one will be standing on the next wing, and the other will be standing, and it's like, and, but they can't breathe in space. Oh, that's, that doesn't matter. That is what 100 percent what this episode was was a 13 year old high on Jolt Cola rambling and people were quickly scribbling down going fuck it yeah we, we, we can make this episode that's what it felt like yeah as, as Gavin said the, the visuals were gorgeous 
very much reminded me of, of several series that, that this gentleman has directed, but the, it was just one piece of garbage slapped on the other. It was like a giant shit sandwich and you're expected to smile and eat it. And it was just like, I almost turned it off. Like I had my, my hand hovering over the, I'll go to another episode because there's got to be something better than this. Um, yeah, visuals were great, but the, it, it couldn't salvage just the crap fest that was that story. Like you ask a three-year-old or you ask a four-year-old, can people survive without helmets in space? And they're like, no, they didn't seem to figure that out. Um, yeah, and it just felt like, you know, the whole like, you know, Leia doing the Mary Poppins after the bridge got blown out in, in and it was just like, oh my God, they could have this fight in the hangar of one of the Star Destroyers and that would have been fine. But the fact that, and then he, you know, oh, well, I'll, I'll use the hyperdrive to boost my lightsaber. Again, it, it just, it felt like they had a, a late night role-playing session to try to come up with a story and they had a, a sugar high 13 year old running it. And who kept saying, I got a great idea for this. And they were like, fuck it, we'll do it. That's, yeah. So my, my impression of episode three for this was just fucking hated it. This is why I was so looking forward to comments. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I knew I, there had to be some conflict in this one. Yeah, I guess for I me, go- it was one of my favorite ones, but I agree with everything Trevor said, but I don't care. Um, there's so much of it that doesn't make sense. The breathing in space, it's like, okay, well, if you're going to marry Poppins, it will at least look cool. Yeah, but they yelled at each other in space. You can't hear when someone's yelling at you in space. There's no fucking air. It's the force. It's all good. No, no. (laughs) Again, why does he have an X-Wing? That's weird. It would make a lot more sense if he has a TIE fighter or something or a Really, the blonde character with the blue lightsaber having an X-Wing is weird to you. Don't forget yeah, the ones they're twins. They're Siths. They were made by yeah, the why Empire. Why the hell does he have like, a blue lightsaber if he's a yeah. Sith? Like, where did all this stuff come from? It doesn't make any sense. So yeah, I agree I, with Trevor. Like, they could have thought this through, but it's so cool. They didn't. They, they, and even when he split the Star Destroyer in half, it reminds me of that stupid sequel movie that i try to block out of my brain but for some reason it's like oh he kind of did the same sort of thing but it's kind of cool like cutting a star destroyer with lightsaber so i was so conflicted with this one because there's so much that i like i know there's so many story flaws but kind of like what gavin said i think the animation for me trumps the story on this I can script doctorate in my head enough. It's like, yeah, they're in an air nebula. Of course they can breathe in space. It's fine. What's the robot need to mask that? I, I don't know. Maybe he has allergies in his robot eyes to oxygen. <laughs> I don't know. Okay, guys, but anyways, guys, I, stop I did enjoy thinking it. about it. Just yeah. accept. Yeah, yeah. That I, I couldn't accept. I mean, I'm the visuals so happy. are cool. Yeah. I, I will say I will be the first to admit the visuals in that that particular one are cool. But it's definitely one you're like, hey, I'm going to take my brain and go and set it over here and then watch the episode. And then when it's done, I'll put my brain back in and go, oh, what happened? How, how, how long was I out? Um, I think it was out like 20 minutes. That's, that's fine. Yeah. So yeah. like Homer, that's it. I'm out of here. Do, 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 do. Exactly. Next. I'm so glad that one. That one That's made it. Me you stood. Thank you guys. Stood in my way. You stood in my way long enough. I'm going to clown college. 
I don't think anyone expected to say that. <laughs> All right. So on that uh, cheery note, we're going to move on to the next episode, which is um, basically Kinema Citrus um, is bringing us episode four, which is The Village Bride. Now, this is a Jedi on the run takes a, uh, in a unique cust- in the unique customs of a remote village uh, under threat by a warlord. So um, anyone else want to start off with this one? Because um, I'm going to have to admit that it took me almost this whole the whole entire episode to actually get into this particular one. I was confused. I actually I actually had to stop it started all over again because i think i might have looked away at my phone and something and realized wait who's this character up on the screen right now and so i don't think i was 100 percent there for this whole entire episode i'm right behind you on that one i watched this episode and i'm like did i blink at the wrong time when did this person show up yeah who is the guy with the removable helmet piece it felt like i came in like it started five minutes before and then I came in and I was like, okay, I'll just try to catch up as I go. It's like we missed the opening crawl of this episode. Exactly. Exactly. And so it was tough to figure, but once it got towards the end, things started making a little bit more sense that, you know, she was a, a a fallen Jedi, you know, on the path of redemption. It was like, Oh, okay. This starts to make a little bit more sense. Visually. I mean, the backgrounds in this, this one was just gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Um, and they had some some really nice. I mean, I remember watching and thinking, "That's some beautiful camera moves they did to integrate it, and things were moving in the camera move." You're like, "Is was that a 3D environment, or is that all done 2D with just some really really sweet animation thrown in?" So yeah, I, yeah, I, and I think technically, out of all these ones, this is probably like you said that one. I don't know again if it's a 3D that they just whatever, or if it's if it's all 2D animation where it's got that rotating look and all that it i mean blowing my mind sort of thing again you you get this sort of thing from studios that know how to do this sort of thing and again i just think the story suffered from something that either i wasn't pulled into it or i just like as you're looking at your phone troy well no i mean for some reason yeah exactly i i it took me, like I said, it took me a while to get in this episode. And again, yeah. like all these episodes, visually, they're all stunning. And again, it's another style from the other ones, which is another fantastic thing. And, and it's a thing about anime. Nothing ever looks like anything else, which is kind of cool. And again, once I got into it, it was, it, was a, it was a cool episode. But again, it took me, I think, too long for such a short amount of time to actually understand what's going on. So what do you guys think? For me, I was in the zone for it. So I didn't have distractions. I just focused. Um, It felt very Studio Ghibli in the vibe. And it didn't feel very Star Wars, except in some key moments. The battle Um, break. Yeah. You know, there's some, yes, there's a couple moments that felt kind of Star Wars-y. Even like when the, was it the rock started glowing? That felt like in Mandalorian. You know, there was little moments but i liked it as a story it was very simple but i didn't hate it like i thought it's like okay it's very chill it is very slow so i can see why if you had a phone on you'd be easily distracted um 
but I would still give this one a thumbs up. Gavin, I thought it was. I thought I thought it was pretty good. Um, you're right, though. It was a very slow burner. Uh, very slow to start. To start. I just I didn't quite figure know where it was going. Didn't feel like it was sort of making much progress until the uh, the daughter kind of was was offered up in in exchange for the the, the chieftain. Um, I think uh, something I'm starting to see though, which I, I, I'm I'm a little concerned that they're going to start overusing, is basically using the force to stop the blaster uh, from hitting someone. That's yeah. going to uh, drive me crazy too. I agree. That's uh, that happened in the, the previous episode and happened in this episode. Uh, you know, it, it, it's only happened a couple in a, in a few Star Wars episodes or Star Star Wars stories, but. It, Three yeah. is is once. a little. Uh, it was only much. used once. It was only it was yeah, used Kylo once. It was only Kylo Ren who was supposed to be have that kind of power. Yeah. yeah. So, I just I just hope they keep don't don't keep using that as the trope. I mean, deflecting with your lightsaber. I mean, you know that's. I mean, Darth Vader the blocked them, but yeah, Vader blocked sparks. it with his hand. He didn't but freeze it in time. Kylo's the only one to stop in its tracks and hold yeah. it. And there now and we have two more away. Jedi's who can do that. Yeah. Yeah. Where were you guys? Yeah, <laughs> where were you during Order sixty six? That, that's the other. Was, that's the other thing terrible. about that. That's the other thing about these uh, things is there's no actual. The good thing is there's no actual particular time that we're given. You can sort of ascertain by costumes or what technologies around them when they roughly come out, but for the most part, you don't know when these are taking place, which is kind of cool. Yeah, it's gonna be people on Reddit trying to figure all this out oh yeah yeah where they well, happen in the timeline that's the great thing about star wars in general is is uh when we were we were playing the the star wars rpg you know where there was a sort of a rough time frame where it was all kind of taking place but i mean could have happened before jedi after Je uh, jedi it didn't matter because the story was not it was not tied to the, the happenings in the film itself all right. So on that note, we're going to go on to uh, production IG's uh, episode uh, five, which is the ninth Jedi. Now, as we go to, again, the capsulized uh, uh, description of this one is the daughter of a lightsaber smith is pursued by dark forces while on a dangerous mission. Well, I'm just saying that if I had read that description before I actually watched this episode, I'm like, spoiler alert. Yeah, but uh, again, this is another one that I really got into, sort of thing. I mean, it was a weird idea. Um, this is probably one of the episodes that is far into the future from our current knowledge of the Star Wars universe. It looks like it at a time when everything is lost, or it's thousand years prior sort of thing nice of the old republic kind of yeah kind like of in between then and the, exactly the, the yeah, new one. yeah yeah um the concept is fantastic um i what is this is it the third episode that has kyber crystals as a main sort of trope sort of thing there's I mean, a lot of kyber crystals there's a lot of kyber crystals of in these shows yes and the other thing everywhere and the other thing is yeah you can find them everywhere you can especially on this friggin' planet um, no, they were finding in the asteroids. Right. Sorry, on the planet. The, right, because they were launching, which was Catapulting actually the, quite the, the yeah the the slingshots to catch them, which was 
ingenious, which also shows the technology is either not there or has been lost or something like that, which is kind of neat. Um, but um, I really enjoyed it. The idea behind it was kind of cool. Um, and it again, visually, it's the type of anime that I really enjoy. It's a very clean anime, very clean design. You can tell who's who. Um, all the human, all the earth humans look alike because they have the same similar sort of mm -hmm. placement of everything. Um, and it was an enjoyable episode. Um, I like the twist at the end. I like how the reveal of both who's who, who who's who, mm -hmm. uh, the idea behind the lightsaber adjusting to the user and not the manipulation of the kyber crystal itself, I, which was kind of- I like that they, it was just a one-off line that the Smith said, Yeah, you know, because when she fired up her, that, that saber and she's like, it doesn't look like the others. And he's like, well, it's, you know, you're, you know, the simple line of it has to adjust to the user. And then, you know, when they jump up into the thing and the, and the guy's got the one and he, you know, everyone else is like, ooh, ooh. And he's like, I want to hold him. Like, oh, pass it to me. And bam, it's a blue, you know, blue saber and you're like oh, okay so yeah he's he's that kind of jedi um it was a it was a really nice setup there was a, a setup and payoff beautifully yep. in that story very and it was very small but very telling because then with the big reveal and you're like oh oh shit so yeah, yeah. And the idea of the invisible blade was really neat that's something i've never seen before and it still worked which was cool it, and it, you still it, couldn't it, see it because it's <laughs> invisible Anywho, how, but yes, that, I mean, again, it was a well-composed story. It, 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 it was engaging. It was a, again, like the other ones, a beautifully animated. Um, the designs were fantastic. The backgrounds were very basic, very, very barren, but still told a lot in a little, which mm -hmm. is fantastic, which is what it, you hope to get from this sort of thing. It felt like a solo RPG run. I was going to say that. Just you and the game master and you're, you're running the girl character and you have to go from point A, pick up something, go to point B, and that's when the battle happens. That's exactly what I was going to say, Trevor. So this was like Studio Ghibli and one of our Star Wars RPGs. Yeah, and um, just like, like a one-on-one. -on -one. Yep. It, and that's a good thing. This is a compliment. Yeah. Um, it, like it's... There's a lot of good ideas in there, stuff I've never seen before and never even thought to see before, like the meteor catapults and like a lightsaber smith and like where you would mine for kyber crystals. And the fact that lost Jedis are looking for these weapons because they're too derpy of Jedi to make their own, right? Well, like, uh, there's a book, I can't remember which one it is now, where they, there was a throwaway line of during the Clone Wars there was a group of Jedi who spent all they did were they were manufacturing lightsabers as fast as they could. Normally, a, you know, a process that would take weeks or even months to do. And they were doing it in days just to get sabers out to Jedi who didn't have time to, you know, they needed them out on the field. So they're like, these, these guys are just making sabers, making sabers, making sabers. And you could see how, if you had skipped that step from being Padawan to, Jedi, you didn't get a chance to make your own saber because they just needed you on the field now. 
it could eventually become a lost art. And the people who are manufacturing these sabers would eventually get a title of sabersmith because this is what they do. Yeah, I thought that was such yeah, a neat I, idea. Yeah, I know what you're talking about, Trevor. I, I think I vaguely remember reading that too. And I'm trying I to remember think what of, book that's from. Was it a book or was it a comic? No, it was it was in a book because it, it was the characters were talking about uh talking about I might have been like even like the short anthology books of like you remember the ones for like solo and Carissian and stuff yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I yeah. just I think it was one of those, and they were talking about, you know, during the height of the clone war to to get the Jedi out and armed, they just yeah, they, a couple of masters went off the side and just cranked out. Yeah, lights yeah, yeah. Now that now that you say it that way, yeah, I do remember something reading something like that off, off the top of my head. I do not know what it could have been or where I would have read it. But anyways, Google yes. just says Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, but I think that's a video game. Yeah, so I I just if you take that and then advance the point where the, the Jedi Order is nearly extinct, you probably have you know being a sabersmith would be like a path someone takes, and all you do is make. You know, you're a Jedi to, to some degree, but all you do yeah. is make sabers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or at least you understand how to make them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So for all those reasons, I love the episode. Uh, I thought it was very yeah. satisfying. Great yeah, and it honestly, as I said, good payoff. It, it felt like a one-on-one RPG. And it was just like, this is exactly how you would get someone who's just wrote up a character, get them introduced to it, get them into the mechanics, yeah. get them into a big battle, and then introduce them to the other players I'm actually thinking a group RPG where the game master called all the other guys off to the side. By the way, you're all Sith. <laughs> There's that one guy left over. It's like, oh, you bastards. Well, well everyone got their, their, their character sheet and on the top is a post note saying Sith or yeah. Jedi. That totally, no, that totally tracks like something we probably would have come up with if we were just a little. But again, this is the story idea that. I was hoping to see with every single one of these something yeah. completely different, something That's out of left field. Story. Yeah, exactly. Still yeah. Star Wars, but something with we've never stuff seen. We hadn't seen before. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And this one gave it to us in, 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 but in, but I don't know what I'm trying to say. In spades. In spades. Gave it to us in spades. It, is in sp- it gave it to us in spades. That is the phrasing I was looking for. But yes, definitely. Gavin, what did you think about this episode? I love the twist, the, uh, the like the entire buildup. You, all, all you can think of is, well, it's really convenient that this guy's summoning all the Jedi's to this location, and the voice sounds, well, evil, just enough to make you go, oh, okay, he's just totally gonna, he's, he's gonna like kill all of these Jedi. Like he's obviously a Sith. Oh no, he's the good guy. Holy <laughs> shit. <laughs> That threw me right off. I was not expecting that at all. And, and the fact that it was hiding in a robot. Exactly. It was not what I, nothing about no. what I was expecting. And the having aliens as Sith Lords, that, that, that was uh, a huge surprise to me. Yeah, the, 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 the new designs of whatever those aliens were that we've never seen before was, was again, something that I was hoping to see with yeah. all the episodes. And the one Sith whose saber went purple. Yes, exactly. I was, I was so thrilled to see a purple lightsaber in that. That was really, that was really cool. So yeah. So high marks on this particular episode. That's for sure. Yes. All right. Now, just, uh, just, just so you guys know, I haven't seen anything past this episode yet. Okay. So Gav, do this. 
<laughs> no, no, oh, through, he, through the headphones. Through the headphones. He can't hear you. He's taking off his headphones. <laughs> All right. Hey. For that silence little there for everyone, that was uh, Gavin uh, exiting from the uh, sequence right now. because We'll make an Adam It was very bad So everybody can enjoy it. Yes, you guys can be looking forward to this on YouTube uh, soon enough. All right, so as oh, we move on, on to, we move on to uh, Science Saru and episode six, and this is TOB1. Uh, 2B1. 2B1, yes, 2B1, yes. Sorry, I guess that would be a more proper way to have put it. And this is going to be described as a uh, cyber... Uh, cybernetic boy who dreams of being a Jedi discovers a dangerous truth about his master, about his creator. Um, so it says that he's a cybernetic boy. Cybernetic mm-hmm. means part human. No cyborg, right? Human cyborg um, relations would be. Yeah. But I, I don't think cybernetic, cybernetic is, organism. I think he's, he's listed in, in, in some of the other things that he's a droid. He's yeah, 100% yeah, yeah, yeah. mechanical. Okay, so this um, this particular style by uh, Science Saru has a very Astro Boy feel to it. It oh, is so throwback to Astro Boy in the fact that his master, as I put in quotes, master, looks like the professor from, like, with the giant over nose. It's very cartoony. The character it design is. is very cartoony. And Toby too. And Toby himself is also, yes, who is this droid that, um, yeah. Um, it's a very, it's a very endearing story. I mean, it's a very cute coming of age for a droid story, learning to, I don't know, to become a Jedi, <laughs> mm-hmm. I guess, uh, to realize that his, um, his, creator who created him it was also a former jedi to begin with and now he's trying to figure out a way to bring life to a dying planet he's trying to he's a terraformer i guess you can yeah. say right yeah and uh he um unfortunately passes on and toby decides to take up the mantle of trying to figure well, out toby inadvertently um summons a sith inquisitor Sorry. Wow. I yes, I completely <laughs> glanced yeah. over the 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 point there and all that. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so this is a very childish looking, very kid friendly. Like Toby is a cute looking droid. He is a very, mm-hmm. like I said, Astro Boy feel to him and all that. And um, well, what, what did you guys think of this particular episode? Because I. I I enjoyed it, but it didn't seem like it was a Star Wars story except for the lightsabers. lightsabers. Yeah. yeah, for me, I, I wanted to like it because I like Mega Man, the video game. Mega Man, I that's like another Astro yeah. Boy. Yeah, you know that kind of thing. So I thought, oh, this will be really interesting. And just because of time, to be honest, I skipped most of the episode. Just I couldn't get engaged with it so i don't have much to say about this one trevor um i mean i as a kid i watched a lot of astro boy before going off to school every morning yeah 
Um, so I've always liked Astro Boy, um, Mega Man. I like even like the the recent CG Astro Boy movie. It was you know felt very Astro Boy. Like that's so I like the style, um, but it was the Tales of the Bounty Hunters that that book where they, they had the different bounty hunters. And at one point, one of the droids, Forlom, wanted to learn to be a Jedi. He wanted to learn that four sense and stuff like that. And it was very, very clearly spelled out to him that, you know, the force is a, it's, it's an energy field generated by living beings. And as a droid, he will never touch that field. He just, it's just never going to happen. And so when I was watching this episode, I'm like, please let there be even just a shred of organics in this kid. And there isn't, he's a droid. So it was just like, it's, it's like, you know, the, you know, the, the, the kid with a disability that is going to hold him back from getting the profession he wants. And you're like, it's never going to happen, but somehow he does. And, and that's, I think what spoiled this episode for me was, you know, they could have done it. As a, I mean, you know, revealed at the end that he wasn't a fully droid being that he was, you know, there was like a living brain inside that head or something, but they didn't. And so I, the whole time I'm like, he can't be a Jedi. He's, he's, he's not going to be, he's not living. So he's not part of that field. And then they were like, Oh, he's going to be a Jedi. So let's make him a Jedi anyway. And it's like, no, you just, I mean, yeah, you're given the freedom to play around in the Star Wars universe and tell whatever story. <laughs> oh God, there's a Gavin. It's terrifying. Um, but there are certain rules you can't break. And that was one of them. And it was just like, to me, that was such a disappointment. Um, and it's, yeah, it's, it's, that was the only part of the, the whole story that kind of fell. It's like that, that one crucial point. It's like, if you guys have ever seen that movie fear.com yep. and the whole twist is the fact that the, the girl's a hemophiliac. Girls can't be hemophiliacs. It's, 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 you know, only genetically impossible. Yeah. So it's it, the whole premise of the movie is flawed right from the get go yeah. because someone didn't do their due diligence and do a little bit of research before writing the story. And that's to me, it's such a tragic mistake, but it's, you know, if you, you if you go down that road where you start off with a flawed concept from the get go, you can shine that turd all you want, but in the end of the end of the day, it's still a turd. Um, so as much as I wanted to like, I mean, I love the style I thought the animation was great. The, the fight scene was gorgeous. Yeah. That Inquisitor time, was a cool design. The design on the Inquisitor was really yeah, cool. The, the whole time, the back of my head, I'm like, it, it's the yeah. story's flawed. And you, you you have you have to fix the story first before you put pencil down, to like pencil to paper to start drawing anything. Make sure the story's rock solid. And they didn't do it. And that's what kind of spoiled this one for me. Especially, again, when you're in this limited amount of time to pull mm -hmm. off this story. I mean... Look, the character design is like Toby is cute. Toby creates a bunch of other mini droids, which are adorable. Like, no, they're they look like friggin' little bugs, like cute little yeah. Disney style bugs and all that. And it's fantastic. The backgrounds are beautifully painted and all that. And it's a very reminiscent yep. of like the 70s animation style that I grew up with as a kid. Exactly. Now, as a side note, they do try to explain it by saying that the the droids powered by a kyber crystal and that's what allows them to interact with the force again with the kyber crystals again with the kyber crystal but, yeah. but if this if that was the case 
if the Jedi knew that, you know, all you need is a kyber crystal, you can throw it in a droid and bam, instant Jedi, then the Clone Wars would have panned out a lot differently. They would have meant, oh yeah, clones. Palpatine would, just, would be just mauling people. Yeah, he would have just like made a, a, a shitload of the, 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 the elite battle droids and cranking kyber crystals in each one and bam, droid Jedi army or droid Sith army. So that's where, again, this falls apart. Yeah. Okay, let you me know. ask you this because I skipped so much of the episode. I can't do this myself. Is there any way you could script doctor this to make it work? Like uh, the robot with the lightsaber? Uh, 100%. All, all I would do is so Professor Makita was a Jedi. This was this is shortly after the Great Jedi Purge. He could have simply said he had a son who was dying, pulled the brain out, stuck it in a in, in a robot made basically made an android right. like a you know, yeah. a living so brain inside that. the body. With, with her organic, it would work. But can yes. you make the story work with a pure robot? No. Because yeah, again... Like a robot holding a lightsaber that you can't? Like, you, could you could program a robot to fight like a Jedi, I, but it can't Grievous. become a Jedi. Yeah, Grievous was not Force-sensitive. He had no. just been trained by Dooku to wield yeah. lightsabers. yeah. You could program him to be a Jedi, but this character wouldn't have technically force. becomes a Jedi. I mean, this yeah. Yeah. Toby becomes a Jedi, which is in, an impossibility because there's no organics. There's no, yeah. Because yeah. yeah, that's where I yeah. tapped out. So, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I, I don't, yeah. I, and I don't blame you for doing that because it is a big, like, you're going like, wait. I was expecting, yes, I, I was expecting that shoe to drop. Like, it turns out, oh, this is a kid that this, he yeah. had to save him by putting him in a mechanical body. At one point, it was going to be revealed that it's, he was a cybernetic. He was like a, 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 a cyborg. A boy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, I, like, yeah, exactly. like a brain part of the, part of the brain stem, maybe a little bit of the spine and then some, and the, and, and his chest has like the stuff to keep the brain living. Yeah, Exactly friggin cage from uh robocop 2 exactly i mean if he if they'd done that i would have been like absolutely this this, this exactly that would have been he could be force sensitive and with the addition of the cybernetics and all that stuff could probably process the training to be a jedi yeah, faster and for and there sure you go. yeah but yeah that's, but it was that's the only way there. i could see script doctoring yeah. it to, to make it work yeah all right so that being said we're gonna move on to uh uh geno studio and episode h eight which is uh, uh oh, no, we got the elder oh yeah. shoot i'm episode sorry i'm sorry I, I, I just realized i marked off the wrong one <laughs> so hey, we're gonna to go to i almost skipped this episode too spoilers we're, we're going to we're going to back to trigger is giving us our second uh episode uh which is episode seven which is the elder so uh, this is going to be one where uh, the description goes as follow. A Jedi and his Padawan pursue a dark and powerful presence. So this is basically uh, an episode, pre-episode two episode. We're talking early Phantom Menace-ish or prior to that. We're talking prequels episodes. Sort of. Yeah. Situation. Probably even before Palpatine became the Sith Master. More than likely, more than likely. But um, yeah, so basically, that's basically what it is. It's we we have a, a Jedi and his Padawan traveling through space, and the Jedi picks up on a presence. They stop off at a planet. They encounter a 
dual lightsaber wielding bad guy fight him he gets defeated and then that's the end of it i mean it's not much to this particular episode it is a very storybook version of a star wars story it's not very too inventive um again it's a trigger that brought us the twins so it's kind of neat to see a completely different style from Mm -hmm. the same studio complete opposite it's yeah yeah, it basically is the 180 of the twins episode but this was kind of like studio trigger going what look what else we can do yeah 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 we did this but we also do this (laughs) we can make an episode where nothing happens um and so when i was watching it that's kind of what i got i was started watching it it's like oh too much talking i'm not really that interested Okay, let's skip ahead a little bit. Nope, they're still talking. Okay, skip a little bit more ahead. They're still talking. What the hell? Skip ahead. Oh, there's a little old dude. Okay, something's about to happen. And they and just kind of fight. And it's happen. like, oh, okay. They fight and it's kind of done. Huh. I'm glad I skipped through that in two minutes. Um, yeah. Again. I, you know, so I wasn't that interested with this one. It has a lot of, because of the dialogue and whatnot. I mean, it's not very world building because going into this you know what this world is like you don't need to have exposition about the phantom menace era star wars universe because we already know what it is yeah, i mean you can see the if, haircuts the characters have the haircuts we know the characters yeah. yeah exactly exactly the padawan has his braid the freaking the guy has his beard yeah exactly he <laughs> he's not clean shaven it's it's not a very again it goes against what the idea of Star Wars Vision is supposed to be. Something yeah, new that we've their... never seen before. No, they just yeah. regurgitated stuff that's already been there. And unfortunately, it's just not handled as well as it has in other of these yeah. mini episodes sort of thing. Um, I mean, visually it looked great, but yep. this was a case of they a lot of tell me, not show me. So having two characters stand, blah, 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 blah. Show me. Don't don't tell me this shit. Show it to me. Yeah. Um, you know, we're we're never told why the elders there. Is it, is it kyber crystals? Could could the planet have kyber crystals? Um, but you know, it's sure, there's, no, there's no rhyme or reason crystals. for that old guy to be there up in the mountains. It's it's just like he's he's like, well, he's he's the plot device to 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 get him to go to the mountains and and show us some some lightsaber fight. I mean there could have been a thousand and one reasons like they're going to the planet because of a distress, some sort of, they got some sort of distress signal. They get there. You can have the villages raised, you know, there's, there's no one left alive um, or one person who's dying sort of thing. and says, yeah, this old guy showed up and it beat the shit out of everybody and his ships over there. And, and the guys, well, I'll go check out the ship and you go see if you can, you know, figure out what this old guy is to get there. And it could be like a Sith training camp anything you know it yeah, could even something. be like this, this this old guy is setting up the camp like the, the 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 sith padawans haven't arrived yet something but there's no reason for this old guy to be there there's no reason for them to be there it's just it's like that we do just happen to stop at this planet and there just happened to be this guy here we just happened to fight we happened to kill and and he turns into rock and crumbles away and he blows up his ship before it does and blah 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 it's like ugh, tell a fucking story you know 
you, you got the chance. You've got a good studio that's doing great animation. Give them a story to animate to. Um, and yeah, as, as you said, Troy, they just regurgitated the stuff directly out of the movies, played it safe, and in this case, way too safe. They, they didn't way too do safe, anything yeah. new. Yeah, they didn't do anything new. They didn't even give us any sort of character designs. Every character is a human in this. You could mm-hmm. have made that old guy the dark character. Give him four eight. arms and three eyes or something. Or, yeah, or just yeah, designed your own alien. I mean. Yeah, this actually, is Star Wars Visions. Make your own thing up. Have the indigenous species on this planet not humans. I mean, yeah, make them insectoid or, or to something. To be honest, I didn't mind the old Sith. He didn't bother me. He like, looked like I, your it typical. Could have been he, cool, but I agree with Trevor. He had to have something else. Like there has yeah, to be. There had to be. I mean, if, going on with him. If, if he, you know, when he pulls the two swords, and and the, the you know the Padawan's like, well, I, you know, I've I've, I've dueled many you know dual welders before and then you have the old guy smile and another two set of arms that are t- you know tight in the body pull out and pull out another two swords and they're like well okay then may I, maybe i should go get my master um because uh is that my mom calling i'll, I'll be right back I, I promise i do like the fact that the swords were not your typical lightsaber they had the curve point at the end so they were more like a katana than an actual lightsaber yeah. which was well, speaking of that that's kind of that the entire series did like how many lightsabers didn't retract like normal they had the yeah shape. they were laser yeah. katanas yeah. Yeah. yeah or they had like there was a light ring around and then yeah you could see, and then yeah, the that one was good yeah. the sword yeah. and but yeah. as they turn it it would get paper thin yeah like a katana and it was like that's a cool idea yeah and it kind of triggered me a little bit. It's like, that's not a lightsaber. But it was so cool. That, like, you, you quickly yeah. accepted it. You're like, yeah, that'd be kind of cool to have. Yeah. Well, the thing is, I also just watched, um, uh, what's a prop? What, what the, oh, Christ, what the hell is this name? Um, excuse me. There's a YouTube channel, Property or Prop prop Makers. I can't think of his name now. And he just did a Connor McCloud Katana lightsaber dude i just watched that myself oh shoot yeah it punish is... props that's it punish yes, props. punish props yes yes yeah and it looks i mean with the the the, the connor mcleod dragon handle katana it it looks and with the with the stand like a, a katana suba yeah it looks gorgeous it, it does, looks yeah, yeah, absolutely yeah. gorgeous so yeah all Mike, he needs to do right is now. get a couple more holes in the uh handle so the sound comes out of it yeah. better. but yeah it looks fantastic yeah so look at punish props look up the uh, the That's Immortal right Jedi there, yeah. mashup, making the Highlander lightsaber. You'd really like it, Mike. I'm looking at it right now. Yep, and he actually totally uses right the mold from Highlander 2 that they use to pour a bunch of the, the handles. So yep. that's kind of a... Yep, there he is. Yeah. So, yeah, that's... Nice. I saw that and I was like, I can accept the Katana lightsabers. And I even, I, as I said, I really like the fact that when you look at it from the side, it's like the thick blade, but when they turn it, it becomes paper thin, like an energy, like an energy wave. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So unfortunately, yeah, that didn't quite. Uh... <clears throat> yeah. Again, I find a lot of these, the story was just, they had great visuals, but the, the story was just really lacking. Yeah. I don't know if it was a case of they, they, they felt they didn't have enough time or I, I don't know. But like I, I really had my hopes pinned on the elder because it was like it's a cool concept. I saw some of the designs for it. I was like, oh, this would be nice. And then it was just like, I got to the end and I'm like, that could have been two minutes long, honestly. 
That's how long it took me to to watch it. It was two minutes. (laughs) Lucky bastard. Okay, so we're going to go now. We're going to go on to uh, Geno Studio and they bring us episode eight, which is uh, Lop and Ocho, which uh, again, according to the quick little capsulized uh, entry for the description of this episode, is going to be uh, a family is torn about uh, what to do when the empire encroaches on their planet. So um, I will uh, I will admit this is the final one that I was able to get to. And unfortunately, I did not finish it off because, uh, you know, life happens. And unfortunately, when you have one television in the household and a lot of people want to watch it, you know, there's a lot of little kids Disney Plus on. Yes, I know. And as I started this podcast, I was watching it on my phone, Trevor. Yes. So, but anyways, um, what I saw, this was really cool. Um, the, uh, the design of the characters, we are given an, an actual, our main character is an alien character, which is a bunny, which is a, um, we're introduced to uh, bunny. bunny. Yeah. Bunny. Um, oh, so it's uh, unfortunately not that funny. I was, it would be cool, but it's probably this, maybe the same species, but not green. Let's say this is, this is a brown furred bunny. At least there's um, a precedent for it. In the yes, Star exactly. No, totally. Jax is totally what I was thinking. Um, for those not knowing, there is a character created in the Marvel uh, comics version of uh, Star Wars way back in the eighties called Jax. And he was a green haired rabbit that wore a red jumpsuit with white boots and gloves and was apparently like at one point one of the most hated characters designed for Mm. the marvel for the marvel star wars universe but Mm -hmm. hey he lives on because he's just like it's a fantastic character i actually have a buddy who cosplays as as jack so it's uh it's kind of neat um but uh this particular series unfortunately like i said i didn't this particular episode i didn't get all the way through so i'm gonna leave it up to i guess trevor because trevor has seen all this mike has you seen this one as well yes i have okay you guys go on with your thing i was just say um this is a beautifully designed one i love how uh like the technology in this particular one stands out really cool all the technology that they show but it's got such a classic um samurai feel to everything else that's not technology like your your household and all that looks very like like chinese sort of household it's like all the rattan and the the bamboo and the the designs of the archways how they're all curved and all that sort of thing fantastic so that's about all that i can say about this because i got halfway through and i'm like oh we're now having to a split between the father and the daughter in this particular series so Go on, guys. Who wants to go first? You can go. All right. So this is one I just watched today. And this is the only one that my kids saw before me. And it's neat because my son, who got me hooked on Naruto, said, Dad, the animation on this one is awesome. It's like, oh, okay. So we got a seal of approval there. And then when I started watching the episode, it's like, oh my God, this feels like a Naruto episode. <laughs> you know, there's so much stuff on that. It's the 
you know, the sisters who aren't sisters, but become a part of the family. The one sister joins the empire and the bunny, who's the adopted daughter, says, I have to get my sister back no matter what. Like, this is such a Naruto story that it freaked me out. And the I was concerned about the bunny character, but I was completely sold on it. I thought it was a great design. I love the, like what you were saying, Troy, with the ancient Japanese cultural elements brought into the story. Like that feels to me like a Star Wars planet. So even though a lot of the episode didn't really look or feel like Star Wars, it did look more like a Japanese anime. There's enough Star Wars elements in it that connected the Star Wars universe. And of course, Star Wars does draw from different cultures and different designs. So I believe that this was like a samurai planet. Completely bought into that. I thought all the characters were great. I thought the Empire was great. And yeah, for me, this was definitely one of my favorite episodes. Yeah, I will say, I will say, just before you go any further, I will say I got as far as the introduction of the um, uh, uh, Grand Admiral, the white suited Imperial officer. I got as far as his introduction. And as soon as I saw him, I'm like, okay, I'm going to have to stop watching this now because I want to, because we're about to start the podcast. I don't want to half watch this because seeing an actual Imperial Imperial I okay. Let's let's stop this, and I'll and get it back definitely to this has shades of like the Grand Admiral Thrawn. Like okay, it, that's what it, I was it thinking. Feels right to me. Okay, good, good. All right, good, good to know. Trevor, um, with the exception of the very first episode, this was my favorite. Um, because it's one of the longest ones. It's like over twenty minutes long, <clears throat> but I felt they said uh, what if we took a you know a, a samurai era you know 14 1500s samurai city or like city like you know tokyo or or kyoto or one of those root on its own planet and through star wars technology in it but kept the aesthetic the same and it it beautifully blended together so like the markets the the houses the it's it's 100% you know 14 15 14th, 15th, 16th century Japan, even up to 18th century Japan, but you still have the Star Wars technology in the background. It's not overbearing. It's not taking over. So it's a, a beautiful blend of the two. You still have hover cars and, and stuff like that. Um, and then the relationship between the father, the daughter, and the adopted daughter, and then the two adopted daughters, um, it felt like a whole story. Like it, it, they didn't have to talk, 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 talk they did a little bit of, of, of talking and then they showed or they would show. And then as they, they you know, as the, you cut to a beautiful rendered background, you hear a voiceover and then, Oh, that explains that beautifully. And you see them coming together and then splitting apart as their ideologies, you know, start to clash. They have this whole sequence where, you know, the father after his daughter has left him, his hand is giving his adopted daughter, you know, the family weapon. Oh, that's an amazing part. Yeah. And it explains like, you know, through like pictograms that they have how, you know, you could see where the Jedi come from, at least in the way they do it this way. And, and the fact that he explains it as, you know, when they get to the final fight and the, the, the daughter's like that, that's mine. And it's like, you know, this goes to the next clan leader, not to, it's not given by blood. It's given by, by, you know, 
position in the family. And when she, she left, she gave up her position in the family and it makes perfect sense. And then the fight's beautifully done. And you can even see the, the daughter, her eyes are going red as she's, yeah, you know, letting her emotions take over. Um, and it's beautiful, you know, just these, these little, little symbol, like symbolic things. And she uses like a trisectional staff with like blades that are, you know, amped up in energy and, Again, beautiful fight. I, initially, I when I first saw the the first couple of things, I was like, okay, I, I can get behind the rabbit. Then then like a little data eye, and I'm like, okay, so she's a little re- reliant on technology. Um, but then she begins to accept who she is and and gets the slave collar off. And it was to me, it was it was well done in terms of the story. Um, you know, the dad trying to still you know keep contact with his daughter, but at the same time she has her own beliefs and she's not going to back down. Yeah. It was, it was a losing it was a great his episode. other eye. Yeah. So now he's losing. fully blind. So now he's the, the, the blind man, you know, and, the, and uh, it just, yeah, it's, I mean, when they, when they blinded him, I was like, Oh, that's shades of rebels. When the, the, the one Jedi gets blinded. So as he goes forward, he's going to have to, you know, do his, his thing as, as a sightless samurai. Um, yeah, this was the episode that when it ended, I was like, I want more. I want more of this. I want to see where this goes because they ended on, on, it was a nice way to end the story, but also on a kind of a bit of a cliffhanger. Cause you want to see what happens next. And to me, that's the hallmark of a well-written story that when it ends, your first instinct is well, what happens next? You know, don't stop there. Keep going, keep going. And then you realize 20 minutes has gone by like, Oh shit, I didn't feel like 20 minutes. Yeah, the one so part me, that got me is like what you were saying with the the ceremony to pass on the family weapon to the next generation. Yeah, it's like oh, okay, so the bunny's not a Jedi, but they were trained by Jedi, and there's like all that stuff going on. But then yeah. the fight where she force grabs the other blade, it's like what in the hell just happened there? It's like at that moment, I was like, yeah, I want to see more. Now, what I liked was it, when they showing the pictograms of how they were trained the Jedi that trained them was not Japanese. Like the way that they depicted him, he kind of looks like Obi-Wan Kenobi in a way. Yeah. So it looks like, oh, so really? there's a Jedi who came from off planet and taught them Jedi sword fighting techniques. And perhaps he even perished on the planet and his lightsaber was passed down and they show, and they show a lot of the symbol, like the, 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 the old Jedi logo, like the Jedi Academy logo that's in there, but now it's more of a heron. Um, yeah, they, they, they really disguised the, um, the symbolism that's in star Wars of the various factions. Like when, when he's handing it over in that whole ceremony, you see the Jedi Academy logo, you know, it's like, it's like the wings with the star in the center. I it used to be on my car, so I know it really well. They, <laughs> I mean, that's prominent. That's actually the silhouette, the, 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 you know, dividing the two and it was like oh that, that's the jedi academy logo and then when they're showing the pictograms and you see like the hair and it's like oh that's kind of like rogue squadron in a way um so yeah it's it's stuff like that like they they just they did their homework these guys did their homework and said all right this is what we're given how can we in, in, incorporate it without it becoming overpowering and they did it beautifully i mean as i said they the first episode, I think, has the best style of all these these shorts, 
but I think this one has the best story. Um, so yeah. All righty then. So uh, then that brings us down to uh, Science Saru again. And uh, uh, basically episode nine, which is, okay, I'm going to need some help with the pronunciation on this one. This is Akari. Akakiri. 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 Okay, Akakiri. Yeah. And uh, I, I want to retrofit my apology for mispronouncing any of these names. Um or just don't the, apologize i'm just i just in retrospect i'm going to apologize for that sort of thing because i know that i have problems with uh regular english names sometimes so uh so does kevin so does kevin yes so this is a, a jedi returns to his uh forbidden love to help defend her kingdom from a sith like shogun so from the descriptions, this is the first time we actually have the word Shogun being used in it. But um, so, again, not being one of the particular episodes that I saw, um, I'm going to let uh, you guys uh, take over this particular because uh, I haven't even actually seen images except for the one image that is on the screen where the description of this episode is. So other than that, I have no idea what's going on. So let's start this one, Trevor. Sure. Um, this is kind of like uh, Lord of the Rings, in, in a way, because there's, there's a whole whole bunch of walking uh, <laughs> from get to point A to point B. That's what they, they spend three quarters of, of of the entire short going from point A to point B. At least that's how long it feels. And then they get there, and thing things go to hell fast. Um, and it's I liked the ending in as much as the Jedi don't win because if they win all the time, then, you know, they become all powerful. And they never, I mean, you go into every fight knowing you're going to win it. And in this case, the Jedi does not win his fight and his faith is shaken. And even after he kind of like cleans up his mess a little bit, he's still shaken enough that he willingly joins the dark side, which was a beautiful touch like it's something none of the other um episodes even tried to talk about of you know that that it's always about the redemption so we have the fallen jedi in what is it the, the village bride the fallen jedi who who was re- redeemed mm-hmm. in this case we have a jedi who who falls and it, it was nice it was a nice to see someone actually tackle that subject of you know, because it's always, oh, it's the fall and then the redemption. But this one is just like, it's the fall. And it was great. Mike? Um, yeah, for me, I wanted to like it more than I ended up liking it. And I think part of it was because it had a very what if ending. You know, where if there's a second episode, I'd be really excited to see it but it just kind of ended in a way it was like, Oh, that's not like, it's not really an ending. Like if you just went full out Sith and you see him in his Darth Vader armor or red lightsaber or something like, I want to see that, like, don't rob me of that moment. No, it does. (laughs) You want that moment. I I, like show me that. Or if it's going to be to be continued, that's fine. You know, if they're going to do another one of these, but it, it, like I did feel a little bit robbed at the end. Now, all that, that said, 
yeah, I want the payoff for it. But, and it was just like, you can't just stop it at this point. Um, I did like the whole vibe of the story and it reminded me of the Ralph Bakshi, uh, the wizards. Uh, mm-hmm. I got an image of it here. If people haven't seen it, but like all those creatures that are running around, it brought back yeah. all the vibes of, you know, that old era heavy metal kind of, you know, again, like the Ralph Bakshi, that first generation adult entertainment tapping into the fantasy world. Um, and I like that because, you know, that's the era that Star Wars kind of came from. So it was nice to see it tapping into that. Um, I thought the characters were neat, but yeah, I just needed a solid ending. Or tell yeah, me that there yeah. will be a second episode. I, I can't say that there will be, but I, I mean, I agree with you that they, we didn't get the payoff of seeing him embracing the dark side, but I think it was enough to see him realize that he lost. Yeah. And he, you know, which was big because, I mean, every other thing we watched, the Jedi or even the quasi-Jedi won. Yeah. or were redeemed or or something to that effect you know the good guy won sort of thing even in the first episode where he was not really a good guy but he's kind of a good guy um this time we, we saw the good guy lose i mean he did that whole big long journey just to lose yeah and, and there was even the prophecy at the beginning that yeah yeah you know, and, and you shouldn't go like bad things could happen yeah and, so and to me it's out. it's it's i i find it it's 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 nice when a story says, you know what, fuck it, evil's gonna win this time. Yeah. And and they stick to their guns and they do it. And it's like, oh, oh shit. Yeah, evil just did win. Yeah. So yeah. Now, if we were to rate these in the order, you know, which ones would you watch again? If, if someone said you can watch three of these nine, which would it be? Hmm. Well, okay. I highly doubt. Any of us would not put the duel on their list. The duel is on the list for me. For sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, just again, from the get go to start off with this, it's a very strong one. I actually am the Should reason we wave why. At Gavin, get him to join in. Hi, Gav. Join in, Gav. Join in. Yeah. <laughs> he transforms into recording so, so we're asking people um if you could only watch three of the episodes again of the, the other six watched. would be locked away which three would you watch can't honestly answer that until i actually watch all of them all right well, well the thing is we're all saying everyone's probably going to pick the duel the duel for sure right yeah um, I would have to say that, um, well, from what I've seen of, uh, that, uh, eighth episode, uh, Lapan Ocho, Oko, 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 Ocho, Ocho, it's Ocho, O-C-H-O, H-O-O-Cho, Ocho, okay, gotcha. I would say that just, again, from the visual for what I've seen of it and what I've I have seen i'm gonna say that one that and was then, on my list as well i would say, say i would say the ninth jedi would be my third one that's my list too because again five and eight. those are the most star wars universe that has brought us the most that we haven't seen from the star wars universe these are the 
cornerstones of what this idea of Star Wars visions, like I've said several times throughout this whole entire thing, that this is the idea of what I thought we were going to get from Star Wars visions. Um, not only are they of my personal favorite stories from what we've seen visually, they're my favorites as well. I mean, um, just all in all anime alone, it's just my favorites at three out of the, well, eight that I've seen. But again, from what I tried to avoid listening to, I don't think the story is going <laughs> to be that interesting, that, that involving in the ninth one, but the twist ending sounds pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. For me, my third one, I would say my favorite story would be the ninth Jedi. But because of the bonkers animation, I would put the twins on it. I know Trevor thinks it's a turd, but I would be like, it, it, it's so bonkers. And there's so much for me to deconstruct in that just to make sense of it. And I don't know, for me, it's a toss up. It's a coin flip. Like, you know, Harvey Dent two face, one's a face and one's a face with a scar on it. <laughs> but I'll flip the coin and see which one I watch out of those two. Yeah, I, mine's one, five, and eight. Yeah. yeah. Just because, I, I, I mean, as Troy said, these are the ones that took that idea of you can play in the Star Wars universe, come up with your own story. Those were the three that took basically took that idea and said, all right, and delivered. You know, yeah. it's, it's original ideas. Um, the, I mean, the first one is like, harken back to, screw it, we're going to show you what, what Lucas was inspired by. Yeah. Um which was great. And then, yeah, five and eight were both like, we're going to take this idea, take it in a direction that something you've never seen before and, but still make it feel like it's in the star Wars universe and they did it. So yeah, that's why they're on. That's my picks. Alrighty then. So that being said, I think we're going to start wrapping it up for this particular episode. Uh, first of all, I want to thank everyone for joining us. This is again, our 20th episode and um, because I don't think we actually ended up mentioning that at the beginning, but uh, anyways, we did, a couple times. we did. Yeah. You think? I think so. I think okay. we mentioned. 20. I'll go back and edit it. And if not, I'll edit this part out. All right. Or just edit in or just 20. leave it in. Yeah. Or just <laughs> yeah, edit in episode 20. Um, <laughs> but um, we're getting back into the form of this and hopefully uh, next week we can uh, get back to, uh, I believe we actually do have an Adam asks question for us um, that I got this week, but I wasn't going to drop it on you guys. Cause I knew we had uh, quite a bit to cover with the uh, visions and all that. Plus I believe we are going to finish off our, um, box office showdown which of course if uh if everyone knows uh have been listening to have been waiting for it we're finally going to get down to which is the better movie the blockbuster movie of... sequel <laughs> <laughs> the the part one or the part two of the uh end of phase four for the marvel universe so um i guess on that we can uh, say our collective goodbyes on the count of three is everyone ready Everyone sure. back, everyone good to go. And on one, two, three, collective goodbye. I wasn't so bad. You have just been listening to Geeking Off the Page with your hosts, Mike Kitchen, Gavin Burbage, Trevor Brown, and Troy Bowman. Please be sure to like, subscribe, and share. 
Also, if you could leave us a rating and comment, that would assist in allowing others to find this podcast more easily. You can follow the podcast on the following social platforms. Instagram and Twitter, search for at PlanetGeekPod, all one word. On Facebook, search for Planet Geek Productions. Or you can send us an email to PlanetGeekPod at gmail.com. Buy the guys a coffee by going to Ko-Fi, ko-fi.com slash PlanetGeekPod. And know that any and all donations will go towards improving all current and future Planet Geek Productions programs. Thank you for listening.